1: Welcome to Brother Day I'm Matthew I'm Judah oh no he's still going yeah, you talked over my intro, which is exactly exactly like you. It's exactly what you would do um oh, boy week one forty three of the Star Treks project yep, I yep. have titled this week behind the a and W I guess we'll find out why. <laughs> uh, again, we're not doing mailbag. We're just not doing it anymore. You guys blew it. All of you together. Even you, uh, uh, person from New York. Well, I forgot. forgot. Half. Sure. Yep, even you half. Yeah. <clears throat> uh so fuck man we can just i don't we can just jump in i don't think anything's happened uh ryan wants to play call of duty with us but it hasn't happened yet so we have not yet made that happen yeah so we don't got uh we ain't got nothing to sh- i don't know do you have anything to talk about it was it was badly timed with the start of the next season of sea of thieves that's true oh also the reason we were delayed a week is because uh, uh storms knocked out power and no one could watch a star trek yeah a big windstorm had me without power for basically two days and uh yeah those were the important star trek days yeah they were the happened to be the important star trek days so we lost a week but we're back at it now um we're going to jump in and talk about the series that did worse last week that was Mm. deep space nine Mm, but yeah remember when he did it his way that was the that was bad and that's why Uh they're going first this week yeah this week we're discussing the reckoning (laughs) Also, did they did they do a version of his way in that shit episode with all the sh- the shit standards? No. So what the fuck? No. Uh I don't <laughs> think at any point he's saying I did it my way. All anyway. right. That's even that's I want to go back and even deduct more points. Um Cisco is giving a big war briefing. The Dominion is creeping close to Vulcan, and that sounds bad. That's not good. But the Romulans have driven the Dominion out of Benzar. Yeah! Also, Sisko's going to Bajor to see some shit that was dug out of the earth, because, you know, emissary stuff. It's his main hobby these days. Odo and Kira... He did his solar yeah. sailor thing. He did his clocks. They forgot about baseball for a while, so <laughs> his main shit... <laughs> Ever right since now, he saw that obelisk or whatever. Bajoran archaeology it's so stupid remember how bad it was last time do you remember how bad it was when he saw that obelisk and then he had to have uh, brain surgery from the changeling yeah yeah well it's bad this week too he's gonna have to learn a lesson at some point um odo and kira pressed their noses together and i got a little bit sick um on bajor cisco chats with the uh digging monks they're just monks just simple monks kira and jake spar about whether cisco's getting too into his emissary role because jake's bored um the shit being excavated is like thirty thousand years old or something and they find a, a dumb old door that says welcome emissary and that's why that's why he knows about it they called him and told him the wormhole aliens do their thing you know where they pretend to be all of his buddies and then they say the reckoning has begun, and that's the name of the episode. And um and much depends on the Cisco. Yeah. Then they feel they need to launch him across the cave too. Yeah, that was weird, huh? <laughs> I didn't really understand that at all. <laughs> it's weird that the prophets did that. I like, mean, I guess maybe we'll learn that there's something else inside that stone besides just a prophet, but uh <laughs> They sure blasted him in a way that would have killed a man. I don't know why they in did In the real that. world. <laughs> said, much depends on you, but also only if you survive this fucking ragdolling we're about to do. Anyway, he's out cold. Credits. <clears throat> uh, Cisco's awake again, and he decides he's going to devote all of DS9's resources to figuring out what else is written on this dumb stone tablet that he's stolen from the surface. Yeah. He makes Dax work on decoding it, which she hates for some reason. And to make matters worse, Kai Wynn comes aboard. And she's mad, and she's got a good reason, because this dude is a plunderer. <laughs> yeah. He just tells her that this belongs on Deep Space Nine. Yeah, she starts talking about the Elgin marbles. Wynn <laughs> <laughs> um, lodges a formal protest with Starfleet. After, uh, I, th- I think she does a thing where she tells him, she's like, all right, whatever the emissary says. And then she immediately calls Starfleet. I think she says, who am I to disagree with the emissary? And then immediately goes and calls Admiral Ross. Yeah, and Admiral Ross orders him to return the slab, obviously. And Cisco uh, and Dax talk about his strong belief in the prophets and his, his own role in Bejor's future. And as they're talking, of course... The inscription uh, gets a bit translated, so they can read some more of it, and it's all fucking doom and gloom about all the sorrow and shit, and about the gateway to the Celestial Temple getting wiped. Dax says that's Deep Space Nine, but I would have thought that meant the wormhole I entrance. immediately thought wormhole, but... Yeah, that's the gateway, Yeah, right? I don't know, the station... Maybe that's that, the entrance, and the station's the gateway? The station that they just kind of thrustered over there a few years ago? I don't know, man, that thing's been there for, uh, forever. So,
0: I don't yeah, know, man. Unless they're in
1: the past or the mirror universe. She, she says it's DS9. No one disagrees. Um, as Bashir, Quark, Odo, and Worf, I have Little League Team B this week, I guess, laugh about prophecy, the uh, station starts a rattling, which is uh, spooky scary for everybody. Wynn asks Cisco to return the dumb slab again. It's a formal request from Shakar, actually. So... Eat shit, man. But Cisco yep. is Janeway this week. And also Picard is Archer this week. <laughs> and Janeway. We'll have to see who Janeway is this week. But Cisco's Janeway. And he just says, nah, eat shit. I mean, I she's kind of also Archer, if you want my <laughs> opinion. <laughs> two archers, two archers and a Janeway this week. That's a bad week. <laughs> um Dax uncovers more dark and mysterious writing on this slab and Sisko goes to chat with Chira with Kira, sorry, who enables him by saying, Nah, man, uh Kaiwin's just jealous of you. Jealous of how cool you are and how you always squat up with the prophets. Then Kira confronts Wynne about it to no meaningful conclusion. Uh, the station's still shaking and and fucking baking up there, and Jake comes to chat with his dad. And he says, "Being the emissary has made you a bad dad, but it's fine. They're still cool." And then Cisco goes and down. And Cisco doesn't tell him, "Yeah, but I know that when you worry about me too much, you become Tony Todd. So I'm not going to do anything to stop that." That's right. You could use a little bit of Tony Todd in you, young man. Um. <clears throat> uh, anyway, uh, Cisco goes down to shout at the slab of rock, and then he hulks up and tosses it across the room. <laughs> just fucking smashes it it shatters and some crazy energy flies out of it this dude is a genius that's all it took yeah both fucking cautious fly out of it it ain't good (laughs) some fucking vandalism is all that was needed to crack this case um Dax and Odo give him some suspicious looks Uh, Riker would have mutinied already for sure but um now the station's experiencing power drains and Cisco says he thinks the wormhole aliens wanted him to do smash smash, and yeah. he tries. To he's worked con- out a real convenient defense just huh? <laughs> to convince Win of that of that exact thing. She reports to him various uh, disasters on Bejor, uh, natural disasters, and she blames him for being a pirate and an asshole. And then Odo calls Cisco, and he like flatly refuses to tell him why he's calling. <laughs> Says, you better come down here. And Cisco says, Why, what's up? And he goes, No, I already said the thing where you have to come down here, though. <laughs> <laughs> but it turns out Odo uh, found the strange energy that flew out of the slab. It went into his sweet honey, Major Kira. And she pulls a cast and, like, blows a bunch of windows out and shit as she walks around the promenade. Also, she's got blue eyes. she got blue eyes, blue glowing eyes now. And Cisco says, This. I recognize this is a prophet for sure. Uh I know about those. And she tells Sisko that this is the reckoning, and it's either the end or the beginning, which they already told him earlier, but he doesn't seem to remember that. I think what the other people in the scene didn't see that. Yeah, I mean but he should remember. This it. one's he for seems, Kai Win. He seems really. not he <laughs> seems not to remember it, and it's maybe because they immediately gave him a blow on the head after they told him. That oh yeah. Earlier. He probably doesn't remember a lot of what happened down there. <laughs> she says she awaits the Mojin or the evil one. Uh, They have to fight, and it has to be behind the A&W, and you can use bricks and blunt (laughs) objects, but no blades. And Sisko gives the order to evacuate, and the crew are disturbed. Uh, They say they can use some of them helpful chronitons to make the wormhole aliens leave. Worf says they can't lose DS9 because they need it to Watch stuff happen near the wormhole, just watch and never like put any ships there or anything. Yeah, they assert that Deep Space Nine is important for the war effort. Although, once Cisco plugged up the wormhole <laughs> with a favor, <laughs> yep. it seems like maybe they're not so important. Anyway, Cisco insists some more, he does that a lot. This he's basically a Stingy Sam this week. Um, so it's time they to go recognize that character. Oh, sorry, I meant, um... Fast Frank. Do you mean Stingy Sam? I would never call him that. I know how to spell, and I know what words are. Uh, the aliens are gonna get to fight on the promenade after all. A uh, montage of people abandoning the station. Wynn and her flock refuse to leave. I guess they're gonna, like, pray real good for victory. Like Penn State fans traveling to Iowa City. <laughs> anyway... The evil one arrives, and it has chosen the body of Wild Jack Sisko because he's sneaky tall. I think, well, listen, we never learn why. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's either that or because the thing wants to fuck with Sisko, but, like, <laughs> d- it could be. He's it could sneaky be. tall. He's like, that guy's pretty tall. Yeah. Hey, have you guys seen that guy, uh, Jaglom Shrek, around here? No? <laughs> he's, Who's know, the that next tall. tallest guy? <laughs> He said, this guy, there's something about him. It's the way his hands dip below his knees and stuff. It's just, there's something. He's got a very majestic presence. Jake Zisco can see his own ears. His eyes are so wide set. (laughs) Um, I don't think Jake's ever used his muscles except to, like, shrug or do a real heavy sulk. So he's pretty spindly. But I guess they're not going to use fists, it turns out. Anyway, Jack, Zisco, and Kira shoot harmful rays at each other. Dax comes down and says, hey, man, you really going to let your boy get wiped? And the answer is a firm yes. (laughs) He just says, yeah. "Yeah." Cisco says a lot of stuff about he knows the prophets (laughs) won't let Jake get hurt. (laughs) As he's bleeding out of his face and shit. (laughs) But his entire plan is to do jack shit. Cisco orders everybody else off the station as he stands and watches Kira and Jake play spiritual badminton. And Kira is winning, but suddenly the fight is interrupted. Kai Wynn somehow got into ops, and even crazier, learned how to turn on the chronoton juice. So, <laughs> technically, she Nielsen options it, and the fight is a draw. Yeah. I guess she did... I thought she did this because, you know, the emissary was willing to give his son up for this shit, and she was jealous? So she stole his thunder? I think? But Kira says, directly to win, <clears> that she just couldn't handle. The emissary had a stronger, beefier faith than she had. And also, Jake says, it's cool that you were intent on having me zapped to death. I felt the evil of the Mojin, and it sucked. Anyway, the evil one's still out there somewhere, so I'm afraid we might have to track that moving forward. And Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> I but just spoiler alert. I have three candidates for last place this week, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah, I have no, I have no prediction at this <laughs> moment in time as to which episode is going to win. I have one anti-prediction because you saw my initial. Score yes, you have one that is one. somehow even well below the others three. So we'll see. All right, uh, what the hell was this episode about, man? Um, it's season one again, boys, because the message in this episode is it's all personal. Yeah. Um. Both Cisco and Win make wild, big decisions based on their need to be important to the prophets and Bajor. Yeah. What's that worth? Late in season six, deep <laughs> in season six. <laughs> yeah, we've done this one a few times, I think. I mean, you you have contended that it's the entire, it's the overarching message of all of season one of Deep Space Nine. Not only that, the I mean, most of the events of early season six. We're like, all that shit that seems like it's vast political conspiracy and mm-hmm. and intergalactic chess, that's all just people in their feelings. Yes. So <laughs> uh well that's a that's explicitly what's going on with Kai Wynn this week. Um yeah. <clears throat> It's a a two or a three for me. Okay, a two could see a three or a three could see a two. I have it as a three could see a two. Well good news, I have it as a two. <laughs> no, okay. Alright, good faith? is the most powerful force known to man. And I put, huh? Huh, though? Uh-oh, Star Trek, are you sure? You sure you want to do this? Yeah. And I gave it a two. I gave it a two. It's not, this. um, This set of Star Trek writers on this week are sure. Yeah. I, uh... I don't think it's true. And I don't think it helps. So, yeah, it's not a lot of points. Um, but in Execution... Oh, boy. We are deep in mysticism now. Yeah. If that is what you enjoy, then you will like this one a lot more than I did, probably. There's a literal fight between good and evil with no context whatsoever. They literally just tell us it's good and evil. We don't know why we should care about that struggle or what it even means in this case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's absolutely no context for the battle that's going on i think at one point someone says paw wraith but it's pretty near the end and they don't say you know like the kind that got in keiko you remember <laughs> You remember that? when keiko a lot of people get possessed on this station <laughs> everybody everybody remembers it as o'brien was beating keiko up pretty bad <laughs> yep. but you remember that that turned out to be a, some yeah, kind of they never demon they never uh like explicitly uh published a retraction on that did they Everyone heard just assumed a full, it was O'Brien. I heard a full Nausicaan say, cause he's Irish. <laughs> How did the Nausicaans know about that They're stereotype? good at that. There's the one thing they're really good at is just finding the things to pick at people about. And they knew it. If, if they if they make fun of this Irish fuck over and over again, it was going to get to him. <laughs> uh, Cisco is... But you're right. They make no no attempt to explain what this is Uh, religiously. Nope. They say the evil one, and Cisco doesn't go. What does that mean? Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean evil? What does he? Did he do something? What's? Can you explain more? Now he just goes. You got it. I'll fuck him up if he shows up around here. <laughs> the guy, Kira says the cost emoji, and uh, just exactly as Kai Wen is saying the evil one, you see Cisco mouth out mouth, but not say out loud America. <laughs> That's right it's like, oh, I think it's a great Satan. Uh, Cisco is basically a lunatic now. At least that's how reasonable minds within Starfleet should see him. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it to him on this. This is a sneak peek at Best Actor, but Avery Brooks does lunatic eyes throughout this episode in in many occasions, <laughs> and I can't honestly even explain what he's doing different <laughs> than his normal eyes, but that's it's in true. there. Yep, it's very subtle. It's like Mister Met subtle. Um, but I'm guessing there will be no consequences for his fucking wild behavior this week um why'd the wormhole aliens launch Cisco like that for fun for drama i, I don't know i didn't keep, i didn't keep detailed notes on this one because i not i knew i wasn't the one describing it do i remember correctly that there's a scene where cisco comes in and tells them he's convinced admiral ross to let him evacuate deep space nine <laughs> and let yes. this battle happen yes
0: He's convinced them that the wormhole
1: aliens are an important ally or something and that they're the only thing keeping the Dominion on the other side of the wormhole. So we better just do what they say. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, Admiral Ross must hate getting calls from Cisco. No, he hates his guts. Now he really regrets giving him command, which he immediately turned over of the Ninth Fleet or whatever. It's like, hey, this was my guy, and I fucking gave him command of a whole fleet, even though Starfleet, (laughs) as far as we know, has 80 or 90 admirals. And then he did a thing that I don't think he's allowed to do, which is he gave that command over to another guy in a different army. And um, I just let it go. I called last week and told me he was gonna personally bring the Romulans into the war on our side. (laughs) He told me he had a plan to fake intelligence. (laughs) I'm just in too deep now. (laughs) That's right. Hey man, it wasn't a winner. I gave it two points. Um I have it won better than that so I mean that's not a great score but I gave it a three uh-huh. every time I sat down to complain about oh the way I wish they did this episode different I realized they had done it like I kept I kept saying if this is all about kai win being jealous yeah. about her place in the religion how come they don't have her say stuff and I'm like no they did no they really <laughs> did though yeah there's a I remember the scene now where she tells Kira that she's never even had a vision with an orb yeah, she must be fucking touching orbs all day. She's probably got yep. all six of the orbs that they. She have tried to do them all at once in, in case that's what it took. She's like, I'm going to touch all of them. She's like doing Twister. She's got her hands on two and her feet on two, just trying to have any kind of. <laughs> now put uh, the other one on my bare bosom. <laughs> it's not sexual. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> um, and uh. Yeah, and you know, plus all the other stuff, all of her other conflict with Cisco really does seem to be like once again, now that the war threat is over, I'm pissed off that you that I hard-scrabbled my way to become the Kai and I have to be Kai in the time of the emissary. Yeah, it's bullshit and also my Chinese god's chosen American. <laughs> yeah, that too, which is some bullshit um all right but i uh so like i had a bunch of complaints and then i kept going no they did what i wanted them to do i just got i was just so mad i'm just mad about the paw wraiths in general yep. uh jake is in this one to be in danger and the script knows it because the rest of his appearances contribute nothing yeah he's just like kind of a whiner as always yeah he's just there to be cisco's kid and it would have made a lot more sense if he was still 14 and <laughs> yeah, not six foot eight or whatever exactly yeah uh the kira and odo b plot doesn't work for me if you're not going to show odo in any pain when kira's religion suddenly puts her at risk no he's super cool about it he's like he's extremely cool about it and that to the point where i expected at the end for her to go you you weren't more worried about me (laughs) when she says you were trying to respect my religion huh the others told me whatever like you uh you said i wouldn't want to be uh Saved that I'd want the prophets to use my body to fight the evil one or whatever, and then I also thought, I wonder if she's gonna go. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what are you thinking? Or like, or like, yeah. Hey, I'm glad that you respect me, but you understand I could have died, right? <laughs> I almost be Jack Cisco almost fucking killed me out there. He's got a reach advantage, Odo. Um. Anyway, this one's not great, like you said. It, this no. is definitely, this is for sure a lesser Deep Space Nine, and it's just irritating that I know this ain't the last we've seen of. Costa no, this Belgian. is the direction we're going. It's very unfortunate. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, world building then. Uh, I've got it at about a two. Okay. So we have the reckoning, which is not explained. Not even a little. Um. Uh, their commitment to paw wraiths and now we've got like a big paw wraith Fr- frustrating to me that we learn nothing about the specific prophet that inhabited kira yeah oh, man we've never i don't think we've ever understood the prophets as having any individual identity except for the fact that they argue with each other in visions yes but like we don't know the name of a prophet no. or anything about their society or structure how they feel about the dajaras and all that shit be nice to know yeah there's a lot of stuff about the progress of the war, yeah. um, which is, you know, it it sets this in a backdrop, right? Like, I mean, it's—I don't know if it's only is, so that they can remind people this there's is a the war. Starfleet. Sorry, yeah. Go ahead. Just so that later on they can be like, DS Nine's important to the war. Remember the war we talked about? Yeah. I and mean, it's like this is the this is the it must be the argument Cisco makes when he takes to Ross, like you said, like we need the profits because we need the war. So whatever's going on here, uh, I guess the prime directive doesn't apply. Like it wouldn't apply to Q. Like we don't worry about that because that guy's, I mean, he's warp capable. Let's just say that about (laughs) him. That's actually the first thing we know about him. (laughs) He can warp his body. (laughs) Yeah. All over the day. He becomes a big ball that chases you. And then he also, he can put up a fence in space. (laughs) So think about that. Yep. Uh, but, but the, the war is the justification, right? It's why this, they can't let this play out somewhere else or they have to take a side or whatever. But um, for something that must be a pretty big point of Bajoran religion, we get surprisingly little about it. Um, so yep. it's just going to be a two for me. Yeah, we got uh, the 7th Fleet took heavy losses at Siberon uh, or something. Uh, Oda wonders if Benzar can be liberated from the Romulans. Uh, we get talk of fleet movements and operations, but the war is all very much off screen. We got the Bajoran ruins being dug up. And... When Sisko approaches them, <clears throat> but you know, this is key, not until he reads the words on them out loud the wormhole aliens show up for mischief and then there's a literal fight between the forces of good and evil outside he of the... had to they cut away from it they didn't show it a lot and he was mainly talking but he had to line up the images with the images on the dragon claw <laughs> yeah he had to do uh it had to be moth, dragon uh <laughs> bear B- butterfly Was <laughs> oh, that a butterfly i don't know what it is i think there was a dragonfly as one of them okay well anyway yes uh skyrim joke um Anyway, literal battle between the forces of good and evil outside of the Klingon restaurant. Um some stuff about how Starfleet feels about Sisko as emissary, but that's all off-screen too. Shakar and Wynne can agree on one thing. Sisko is fucking on one this week. Um <laughs> it was enough he's for me. He's just taking our stuff now. He's just stealing it from some fucking poor monks that were like, "Oh, jeez, oh, I mean, do you have to take? Can't you just look at it here?" Oh, no, no I'm you're the emissary, I guess. Whatever you say. He, he left that monk an IOU that just said the word emissary on it. What it didn't even it didn't even mention what he took. No. Um. It was enough for me to give it a three this week. What about characterization? Jake is mad about Cisco dragging him along to look at old ruins, but after the devil's in him, he's okay with Cisco's decision to let him get his ass kicked up and down the promenade. Kira and Odo are, in fact, dating. Last week was not a big prank. Odo just sits and watches Kira eat, like a fucking creep. Yeah, but on the other hand, she's just eating fruit salad too. I know. He's like, you usually eat with such gusto, but not today. And then she's like, "The prophet. Have you or- ever had? Have you ever had grocery store fruit salad? Because that's what this is." <laughs> I would hate, I'd have more gusto if this honeydew tasted like anything. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, this one, this has uh, clearly been just sitting here for a while. Uh, is Kira's shit this week about hating Kai Wynn, or maybe is she mad that Shakar sided with Wynn? Just wondering that maybe it's uh, misdirected? I mean, Kira don't fuck with Kai Wynn generally, right? Ever since Kai Wynn told her she could stay as long as the <laughs> Even days as long as a week. <laughs> could stay as long as you wish. Even as long as a week. And then I mean, I'm going I'm every meme of people going, Oh just <laughs> yeah. dancing around my fucking living room by myself. Um <clears throat> Dax, the science officer, is so mad about having to translate the stone object. I mean she's not as far as we know, she's not a linguist. Uh, she, she speaks a little very... Klingon. We know that. We know she speaks a little Klingon. Yeah, she's really put out about it. Wynne is nervous about Sisko taking relics from Bejor. She takes a reasonable position on this slab of rock. And then, I guess, to steal Sisko's thunder so he couldn't make the coolest sacrifice, she stopped the big wormhole alien fight. But also, she takes credit for all the disasters calming down on Bejor. so she gets, I think, some real... Uh, some some real value out of this too, yep, plus we uh it's almost a throwaway line, but when it's when it seems like she's all in on this she she tells Cisco uh after the prophets win there'll be no need for vedics and kais or for emissaries, but then I guess at some point she gets she gets more thinking about no need for the Kai getting more you there, yeah. My headset just shut off for no reason. I just heard it go. It just shut down. (laughs) Cool. No, it's very cool. Hold on a second. (sighs) Uh, We're having technical difficulties here. For a minute, let's. uh, (laughs) There's there's no way. There's no way. It's the. (laughs) Video game power. I was gonna leave all this in. I'm not editing any of this. Who fucking cares anyway? <laughs> There's no way it ran out uh, of batteries. It just decided. It just went. Hey, the internet seems to be working pretty good. Why don't you eat this, you fuck? <laughs> all right. Well, <clears throat> as as I was saying, they throw something in, almost a throwaway line where she says there'll be once the prophets win, they'll the people will live with the prophets on or There'll be no need for Vedics or Kais or mm. emissaries. But then I guess at some point later, she's thinking. No, I actually still would rather be <laughs> the Kai and have to deal yeah. with the fact that there is an emissary than not be the Kai at all. Yeah. Yeah, that could be it. Um, Cisco only ever buys into his own hype more than previous episodes. So in that way, his arc is consistent. Yes. Um, he's reached new levels of self-satisfaction. He's the fucking emissary, and everyone can eat a nard or a big log and fucking have their picture taken with log in their teeth. As far as he's concerned, <laughs> well, man, fucking last year, Bejor was getting ready to join the Federation, and he came in and he said, "I saw <laughs> bugs," <laughs> and and then that was it for that. But he made and the, crazy but then eyes, season, but also it, they were the same <laughs> eyes as normal. It was weird. <laughs> this season that all played out in a way that now everybody understands what happened with the bugs. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so now he feels like, well, shit, I just say stuff and it comes true. It's fucking crazy. He was again, he was Janeway. But did, he was by totally the way, on one. Even before Cisco bought into all this emissary stuff, this was a dude who with no evidence at all stood in ops and said, if we don't believe in them, they have no power. <laughs> yeah. I think he was just a big fan of the adventures of Kirk and Spock. Um, Yeah. And he knew they used to do shit like that all the time. So he thought he'd give it a try. Um, But again, that is also a very Star Trek take. Just consider where no one has gone before. Yep. Well, to which I did give a 10. uh, The world building. Of course. What else but thought? (laughs) I I say. Yeah, another. (laughs) I say so that people go, this guy's smart. He knows what he's talking about. (laughs) Oh, you knew I was going to say that too, huh? <laughs> of course. What else? Both on? Look at me, guys. I'm over here. Uh, I gave this a three in characterization. Uh, it is a three for me also. Um, Cisco is now a believer in the religious aspects of the wormhole aliens. Mm. Not just, like, uh, Dax makes a point. You used to call them wormhole aliens. Well, their prophets now and their prophecies are all true, et cetera. Yeah, yeah yeah uh to the point that if Jayco dies, he dies that's right I mean again, Jitzia tries to stop him and he just goes, No though so I mean he, this is an episode where he smashes a priceless artifact and then says, I was supposed to do that, and then we're like, he's the <laughs> good guy. it's a it's like he's a parody, yeah no no, no they would they um <clears throat> the wormhole aliens didn't tell me to do it so much but i no. know it's what they wanted but then but hey they never tell me anything they just yeah. uh, dress up like you guys and then say cryptic shit that i have to interpret <laughs> and as you point out they often disagree yeah you know what actually they seem like they don't have it totally together they, they may not have it totally together one guy came in last week hard. last week i heard from them and one guy walked in the room and said what's baseball and the other one's all went, not this again and then I got to explain baseball again. And I don't know where that guy had been. But he was a wormhole alien. Guys because they don't experience time the way we do. So it's like everything happens all at once for these idiots. <laughs> they don't really know nothing. Sucks. It's a big disadvantage. They're dumb. He came in and asked me why I did that tomorrow and then refused <laughs> to say what he was talking about. So. Yep. Uh, Wynn's political envy has become personal jealousy. Uh, Kira and Odo get a big test of their new relationship early on when she, off screen, yeah, offers yeah. to host a prophet. Yep. And then, by the way, everyone's like, "Yeah, she would. She would like that. She's exactly into that." But still, I got some helpful chronotons I would like <laughs> I mean, to shoot her with. I guess. I guess one of them could say. I mean, she carried O'Brien's baby to term. (laughs) That seems much worse than this. That was probably a lot less important to her. Yeah, and she still did it. It's fucking crazy. No one can believe it. It's because they don't know about the passion between those two. No, only we have to know that. We have to know it forever. I'll never not know it. Long after I've, in 30 or 40 years when I've never seen these episodes again, I will still remember that that those two had that they couldn't affair. they couldn't go to a retreat on bajor yep. together couldn't be for sure fuck If they were in the room together for more than fucking three minutes there was going to be penetration is what they said in the episode <laughs> they did say it and it was so weird that they let that be said on, yeah, on yeah you could say TV. that on channel 44 you that doesn't say penetration right. on channel 44 <laughs> yeah. i thought you couldn't but then they said it and then it was smackdown then smackdown came on and i was like i don't even want to watch my stories anymore this is bullshit So anyway, it's a three for me. Okay. It's a seventeen this so this week. That ain't <laughs> that that ain't that good. It's Let's not say good that. at all. No, I'm gonna. Now, I feel like we're gonna have a plan- hard time cracking twenty this week. You de- you technically have to go back to week one thirty eight, where set for seventeen to have been the worst because two seventeens happened that week. But, oh no, it's a twenty. Uh, this is a twenty, isn't it? Oh yeah, it didn't update it. Huh. Yeah, this is a twenty. So we. Has Andrew did- gotten too big and my computer is slow now? <laughs> he's a big boy, but he's not agile anymore yeah all right it's a 20 i take it back that's right. uh just 20. bad yeah uh some quick hitters yes go for it has anybody checked to see if the Knight system is also <laughs> occupied <laughs> it's just on the it's, it's just like on the other side it's like right it's nearby it's easy to check Uh, You mentioned this, but that's just an unsurvivable impact with that stone wall, right? The cable rig that yanks that stuntman back Mm. gets him going fucking motorcycle accident fast (laughs) somehow. (laughs) Blasted across that room. And I said out loud, why? Yes. You just asked him for help. Why would you then launch him? I don't think the writers... No, you know what? I say the same thing every week. It doesn't make it doesn't make it so that in the past the writers got good, so I'm not even gonna say it anymore. Um we know Cisco is of Bajor. Right. But we also know that Cisco has very little confidence in the people on Bajor because yeah. he is constantly trying to use his own people to do highly specialized tasks, like when he brought Kira in to be the expert on trail law. Oh my god, yeah. Do you remember that? I do remember well, that. Well, this week, the best person to decipher ancient Bajoran runes, Jadzia Dax. Not someone on Bajor. His buddy Dax. Yeah. Yeah, not the monks on Bajor, modern Bajoran who they had to steal the translation program from. Uh-huh. Seems like they were already getting the job done. I mean, they invited you down when they had uncovered the words, welcome emissary. <clears throat> Oh no, but they got better computers up there on uh the Cardassian station, station you know, that they the said busted. is so bad that Bashir had to take that that fucking ancient healing device or whatever, whatever he thought it was oh. over to Enterprise to have it checked out. Yeah. Ugh. And meanwhile, um we've there's uh there's a galaxy class ship in this episode just when they're out. doing the evacuation, yeah. but they don't, you know, they could probably just take it there, put it in the holodeck, and ask the computer what it says. And computer. also, what what's going to happen if I smash this computer? Create a program. Like, the Coast Emojen will be released. <laughs> Create a program capable of deciphering the stone tablet. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Galaxy ships can do that. It knows exactly what that means. <laughs> uh, I know it's been a minute since we've seen Kaiwen, but throughout this episode, she seems physically frail. Yeah. Like, it's taking a uh, big toll on her, all this um, emissary business. Maybe, but if that's acting, she played it too much because I kept thinking, did Louise, what's her name, have a stroke? <laughs> well, I mean, not that it matters anymore because of what she has left to play, but like, she makes it to the end of the show. so She does. Whether she beefs it after that, I don't know. <laughs> then Dax is like, Yeah, go ahead and give it back to him. I could just work off the hollow recordings I took of it. Fucking finally! They should have had that thing back in the temple in like twenty minutes. Yeah, just brought some good scanners there. Just scan it and leave it there, you assholes. No, but then he couldn't hunk up and toss it across the room. Exactly. He has to brood and throw it. Yeah, he has to make the evil come out. That's his role as emissary. Um, I thought it was very polite of Kira. When kai Wynn mentioned that she'd never had an orb vision, uh, not to say, oh, I've had a ton of those. You know who else has had one? Quark. <laughs> Quark, come tell kai Wynn about your about your vision. Oh, I thought everybody had them. You oh, you saw me? the Grand Nagus? Oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, not the current Grand Negus. like one from like a thousand years ago? That's great. That's great. That's great. Oh. Good for you, Quark. Morn, you had one too? All right. Also, just me, me and on Sisko over. and Quark and Morn and Lita. Um. <laughs> uh Jake's ex-girlfriend. Um, you remember those guys, the Skria, who passed through and uh, they didn't want to settle on Draylon too? Uh, yeah, all th- three of them had a visions. A bunch of them had here. an orb vision. <laughs> yeah, they were just passing through. They got a couple. Uh, Tosk had one. Uh, obviously, the uh, the Wadi. They enjoyed a few of those while they were around. They actually Wait, traded of the game for an orb. Do you guys know that? They took an orb <laughs> they went to the Wadi. Yeah, they I got... wonder what happened f- to that. We didn't <laughs> know about the Dominion then. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I wonder if they are. I wonder if that orb is in Dominion hands now. Um, I looked it up. I have a little chart that has when all of the main characters were born, because I can... I get, so I can be mad about people's ages Okay alright <clears throat> And also so I can be like uh, I know he seems like a grouchy Decrepit old man already But Worf's actually only 29 when he's dating that teenager <laughs> god is he really only 29 yeah he really <sighs> aged a does lot between feel... season one wharf and season six wharf like if you look at season one wharf when he's a junior officer and you're like that's 24 yeah. you're like yeah that's pretty yeah, much right. Yeah, i buy that yeah yeah yeah. but, but now, then, he now does... you're like that dude's in his 40s for sure <laughs> you, do, you do see wharf in season six of tng and think yeah he did i mean he had that whole run on chips so he's, I guess probably, he's... probably 50 probably he's almost probably 50 <laughs> he's probably about pretty it. old <laughs> Uh, so, I looked it up. Uh, Sirach Lofton really plays Jake as a young 19. Okay. Yeah. I, I think it It would Naive. be nice if that was interrogated in some way, like why he's so sheltered. Is he so sheltered after because... five years of kicking around with fucking Nog. <laughs> it's just Cisco has managed to keep him a sweet, innocent boy because uh, cause they're extra close because of his dead mom. I mean, it's not about yeah, that. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, it's not what the book's about, but... Uh, anyway, they're not going to interrogate that. Jake's mostly off the show these days. Yeah, not uh, not off um, the show enough though. That he could be no. more off the show for my tastes. Yeah, it's just like when he's in an episode now. You're like, this isn't a coincidence. Yeah, 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 you know why he's around. He's he's like if fucking Keiko showed be... up, you'd be like, "This is a, so oh, it's a yeah. Keiko episode." No, one hundred percent. No, Keiko is I think the ultimate example. Now, if Keiko shows up, I'd be like, "Ah, oh, it's a Keiko episode." Ah, oh, damn it! Uh this this is this the one where Molly one becomes her, twenty-five? Ah, oh, son yeah, of a yeah, bitch! Yeah. <laughs> By the way, still to come. I know. <laughs> so well, one, no, as I soon as we see her in the teaser, we'll edition. go. Oh. Yeah. Um, like I said, uh, best actor. Uh, Cisco gives some great eye performances. Yeah. yeah. Uh, worst actor. I mean, Jake's kicking around in this one. <laughs> how, about when he lines, was, but... how about when Jake was a uh, Costa Mogen? Did you like him better or worse? Uh. Better, weirdly. Yeah, he did a thing where he rubbed his palms together like an evil, and I went... I went a hundred percent. They someone told him that as an example of something to do, but they didn't mean that. But he just did. That. They, but yes, <laughs> they're like you know, like, like evil guys. Oh, I'm so evil. And he's not like, this, okay. but imagine you were to rub your hand. But they didn't say the not this part because no. they didn't watch as much. I think you should leave. It was like <laughs> that's right because <laughs> he just rubs his palms together and says evil stuff, and you go, oh no, <laughs> almost like. And I know it's not this, but almost like she's eating batteries. Uh do you have some quick hitters? Uh no, I flat refuse. <laughs> I said enough about this one. Alright. Like Cisco refused to give the tablet back. I refuse to give any quick hitters. Well, <clears throat> the uh second we're showing last week was from the next generation. So now we get to talk about Starship Mine. What's that title mean? Uh, it's uh it's a good question. <laughs> I guess I guess they didn't want to call say, I'm Captain Picard and this is my starship. <laughs> Get the hell off my starship. So it just it's just my starship. <laughs> I, as far as I know, like I didn't see in the memory alpha that this is a reference to a whole movie from the sixties or anything as it sometimes is <laughs> or, or just or you know, sometimes it's just just a straight up reference to a recent Batman movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Like in the pale moonlight. It happens. That's been um, known to happen. Yeah, that's a good question. Maybe <clears throat> maybe it means a mine like an explosive.
0: I do sometimes say stuff a starship like
1: blows up. Pepsi mine. Uh <laughs> fucking uh Backscratcher mine. Um, well, let me look around at it for an object. Old Fezzawig mine. I'm drinking an Old Fezzawig. Uh, good choice. It's rich and spiced. Mine! Okay. All right, let's do it. So the Enterprise is in for maintenance. It's accumulated too many baryon particles, which is nonsense. <clears throat> you don't want them, though. They're bad. The, the Reimler Array is going to do a sweep to remove them. Uh-huh. It's just basically, it's going to shine a whole a, a big green light, and it goes on the ship and also through the ship. And yeah. uh, the ship has to be evacuated. We get a couple of little scenes uh, with people to make sure we know how serious this thing is. Like, not only are all the people leaving, but Beverly has to put tissue samples into stasis. Stasis is powerful, um, man. You can't get the fucking rays through that thing, huh? They gotta put special uh, diverters around the computer core, because the fucking Baryon sweep will mess it up. So I guess it's just still got whatever Baryons it had in it, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe they're not that harmful in the ship's computer. And then, um, and then Picard steps into the turbo lift with data and asks the computer to take them right to the B-plot. Yeah, that's right and the computer says if you'd like to enter captain yeah if you'd like to enter the b plot data is uh he's trying you know he he is has ascended to a new form of consciousness and it is season one data because he's trying to get the hang of small talk now just he's, like when yeah, he yeah, tried okay. to pretend to sneeze but back then he was an android trying to get a hold of small talk and now he's a real man who's just trying to figure uh, yeah, out yeah, small yeah. talk for trying the first to time out small talk like uh like, like, you know. Like a real man He's right? a person now, but he's not normal. No, no, no he's not he's, You know, if his dad had told him he was normal in his vision, he would have believed it. His dad never said yeah. he was normal. Um, Picard suggests that he should keep an eye on Commander Hutchinson, who runs not the Remler Array, but like a little outpost down on the planet that yeah, it orbits. The Ikarian base. A carry- yeah. maybe just maybe just a carrion base, maybe just a carrion base, and then this dude is throwing a big mixer for the most important people on the Enterprise staff and the other nine hundred and fifty people. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. Well, it sounds like no one wants to go to this fucking party, so uh, they're, they're probably all pretty happy, right? <clears throat> uh, Picard gets to the bridge, tells the computer to turn off all the command functions in thirty minutes exactly. And yes. then goes to take a call from the station administrator, Mr. Orton, who talks yeah, like his name's not Orton. text-to-speech program. Don't be fooled. It's not Orton. Everyone very carefully says Orton the whole episode. So it's Orton. <laughs> it looks it's, like Orton, it, but a, it is not. A, a rare pronunciation note on alien names. The way Marjan says Akron instead of Akron, <laughs> that's not what's happening here. His name is Orton. Right. Um... Then everyone has fucked off in the meantime while he had that thirty-second call, so he gets a moment for himself on the empty bridge while solemn music plays. <laughs> and then, as he's stepping back into the turbo lift, he gets a glimpse of the station team setting up on the bridge, putting some more diverters in place or whatever. Um, hey, two vox there, two there, uh, but also Lita Alexander and maybe Dodger as well. Oh shit, was that Dodger? That's Dod, the lead lady. She's the lead in is this. Is Dodger? Is Dodger from yeah. Babylon 5. Hey, and lead Alexander's rare, the, the B team. This is a rare thing to say, but she's better in this than she is in Dodger. <laughs> she's not good as Dodger at all. I think that maybe they saw her in this and they're like, I don't know if that timing. Yeah, the timing probably makes sense. They saw her I in this and sense. they were like, hey, she was pretty good in that Star Trek episode. Let's cast her. And then she sucked as Dodger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we well, see, they tried to make her a little bit sexual in that one and she should have just been I didn't mean. like it. Yeah. Mean would have been yeah. better. That's all he deserves anyway. Anyway, all of that was before the credits. After the credits. Yeah. Data is roaming around Commander Hutchinson's reception, making snide little mocking faces while we see <laughs> Hutch chat up the whole staff, telling every one of them in turn how good looking they are. It's yeah. really weird. It is. And you're right that if anyone saw Data doing that shit, he would see my like petty, <laughs> petty little fucking b-word. It's unhinged for sure. <laughs> then he goes and does his impression of Hutch for Riker and Beverly, mm-hmm. and they think it's pretty fucking funny. I mean, Especially Jonathan Frakes Riker, likes it. <laughs> who gets the joke in like one quarter of a second? It's very. Yeah, it, it is very very real reaction. <laughs> Marina Sirtis has the good graces to pretend that she doesn't understand what's happening immediately because even though she's read the script, Deanna Troy hasn't. <laughs> That's a level two for freaks. Freaks breaks like uh, Jimmy Fallon right away <laughs> when Dana comes over and starts. How wonderful to see you again, or whatever. <laughs> yep. Uh,. You're right. Uh, no one. Wa- I didn't. I didn't say it, but no one wants to go to this party. There's a little bit where Worf asks permission to be excused, and Picard says, "Yeah, sure. I wish I didn't have to go." And, and then, then Geordi tries. Geordi says, "Oh, hey!" And then Picard says, "Nope. I'm not excusing everybody." So yeah, Mister Worf beat you to it. Uh, but Hutch here lets slip that there is a stable with horses at this outpost, which mm-hmm. is why it has to be on the planet, I guess. Yeah. Uh, even though. I don't think we even, do we even see a matte painting no. of the, no, we you don't. Know, we see the planet and that's it. We never see yeah. the matte painting of the, the carrion base. Uh, well, this is Picard's out. He's going to run back to the ship to get his saddle and he ain't coming back to the party and everybody no. knows it. Yeah. <laughs> Some people in there can read emotions and know he's lying. Yeah. I mean, you don't uh, have to, to know he's lying, but like she knows with certainty that he's lying and she makes a look. Yeah. That was actually, I thought a good small touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Troy Troy looks at him like, This fucking liar. I can tell he's lying about this and he's abandoning us and he's our captain and he's never coming back. Well, here is the thing. All of the characters in this show know that they are way more important than Hutch. Hutch yeah. is there because he doesn't matter in any way. Yeah. That's the story of how he got stationed to work on this base for sure. Yep. Uh so you know, she's only gotta she's only gotta put it on so much. Sure. Yeah. No, um, they don't have to like uh, lick this dude's boots or anything. They just have to not punch him out, probably. Well, Picard takes it uh, takes the time to change into a whole little riding outfit while he's up there, and that's going to turn out to be a mistake, but he doesn't know it yet. I mean, it's going to be a mistake for that fucking cr- uh, crew of mercenaries. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> he turns out to be fine, but on his way Spoiler. to the <laughs> on his way to the transporter room. He finds that he sees an open panel with some cut up optical fiber optic cable inside of it. You know, like the kind you'd fucking yank out of a turbo lift to make a little rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe you'd yank out of the top of the Hathaway or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they I guess they splice all that fiber optic cable back together somehow. I don't know. I um, mean, he does some vandalism of various kinds on the Enterprise in this episode that, you yeah, know, when a, a work crew gets to it, they go, well, oh, the f- what the fuck? Definitely in my quick hitter. But yeah, he sees this thing and he's like, oh, that ain't right. And then Tuvok comes up and menaces him slightly with a plasma torch. Mm. And then Picard beats up a much shorter black man with a different haircut. <laughs> but then Tuvok's back and I he know. gets a Vulcan neck pinch from Picard. I wish they would explain what happened in that scene. I was confused for sure. <laughs> All right. So Patrick Stewart's not a particularly tall man. No. Uh, definitely not as tall as Tim Russ. No, he's got the he's got the movie star shorts for sure. Yeah, but when they cut when they cut to this scene where Picard takes a swing at him, it's a the, little guy. It's a little guy, and you're like, oh, uh, what? And you know, Tim Russ was like, he looks like way smaller than me. Is that going to matter? And they're like, Nah, man, we got it. It's, it's all, all about. Tim about Russ that. Is like, uh, Can I get a picture with the guy who you think looks like me? And they're like, No, you're not important yet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Why well, was in Star Trek six? Has that happened yet? I can't even remember. I, mean, I think it in, has happened. He was in generations. Was he in six? Tuvok. Yeah, was he in generations? Was he not? Was it generations he was in? Yeah, he's in no, generations. He was on Sulu's ship, right? Yeah, but That's we don't find that out. But we don't find out he was on Sulu's ship until that Voyager episode. No, I gotta look it up. Yeah, because remember, he's in the back of the Enterprise B, Hang, hanging. I think you're thinking of um. No, oh, please help me. What's his fucking name? The guy who was actually a famous movie star, and he uh, comes in to tell Sulu that the Enterprise called him or whatever. Oh, uh, you're right. He's an Enterprise B lieutenant in Generations. A fucking case. Christian Slater. You're thinking Christian of Christian Slater. Slater. He was in Starfleet. I wasn't Six. thinking of Christian <laughs> Slater, but I am now, and you're right. He does come in to tell Sulu. Uh, just a line. He just comes in to say, uh, Starfleet wants to know something, and you're like, Christian Slater? I can, what's yeah, happening? yeah, you're right. <clears throat> anyway. uh, Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Tuvuk, you're not important yet, so... Yeah. Eat it. Uh, Picard has learned to do the Vulcan neck pinch from somebody. Yes! Maybe Sarek. Probably Sarek. My theory was also it was a remnant of the Sarek mind melt. Yeah. He uh avoids the other members of the scanning team, but he doesn't quite make it to the transporter in time to beam out, probably because he fucking jogged there at his riding boots instead of sprinting for once. Yeah, he does like not pick up Like, he's on the, the pad when the command functions lockout that he put in earlier. I hope he regrets it. In. I, hope he, I yeah. hope he goes, I should have run one fucking time in my life. Or doctor keeps again, saying I need to run more. Probably if he'd spent less time picking out his little riding outfit, he would have <laughs> made it off the ship. <laughs> You're right. That In the moment, that does seem like a big mistake happened. For sure. Yeah. You know, and then maybe he tells them, oh, hey, there's some uh, horse shit going on up there. Some bandits up there? Let's... Um First of oh. all, let's cancel the fucking scan, and then uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, let's speed down up that wharf. sweep. Can you make it go really fast? <laughs> Can you start it <laughs> at both ends and meet in the middle? Can you just zap it real fast, real good? <clears throat> um. Right. So he's stuck on the ship. Riker fobs Hutch off on Data and then goes looking for Picard. But Geordi's like, nah, that dude ain't coming back to this party. <laughs> he uh, w- He probably went right to the stables. He's probably uh, 10 kilometers from here by now on some horse. Yeah, actually, hold on. Let me but, go outside and take a look. I can probably see him. <laughs> and Riker's like, no, you're not leaving. No one else gets to leave. <laughs> uh, instead, we see Picard dragging Tuvok. Uh, what's this guy's real name? I didn't even write it down. Oh, it I work? don't remember. Yeah, they s- yeah they say a bunch of shit over communicators and stuff. I don't remember their damn names. I called them Lita Alexander Dodger uh, Tuvok and I didn't mention the other guy even one time in my notes. The little wiener guy. He's just guy. like a sad guy. He's just like, oh, I guess whatever you say, boss, but isn't it dangerous? Oh shucks. <laughs> he, drags, uh, he drags him into sickbay, grabs a hypo spray, overhears a call on the Radio for Devore from Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, when Devore wakes up, he tries to get answers out of him. But when uh, when this guy's like, "You're a Starfleet officer. You're not going to kill me," he uh, knocks him back out with the hypo spray. Yeah, but then he just leaves him there, right? He just leaves him in sickbay. We see him. We'll see him in sickbay again later. The body's just still there. No one thinks to look in sickbay when they're looking for Devore. Yeah, but then that sweep definitely comes. Probably got him <laughs> um, He starts climbing some ladder But then uh, someone puts a gun in his back It's goddamn Lita Alexander I know, <laughs> he almost says it too He wants to say it He turns around and he goes oh, I don't know you Uh, Jordy's been circling the buffet And he is right about to tuck into a plate Of what looked like scotch bonnet peppers And cottage cheese <laughs> When you know he's got that visor and it gives him some it gives him some information you don't normally get well he sees something weird under the table with his visor oh man i felt so bad (laughs) and orton comes over and tells him hey don't worry about that everything's cool (laughs) and he's like no i can help with that but he's drawn too much attention as soon as he started to uncover those crimes, man, I was begging him to stop. I was at home going, "They're gonna blast you, man! Just pretend you didn't see anything. It's cool, man. Don't you know what's you about guys, to happen?" We're just like, it, wasn't it cool how in this episode, uh, Jordy said, "Jordy, don't see nothing." <laughs> so he just walked away with his plate full of shitty fu- fucking snacks. Uh but nope, he's drawn too much attention. Orton pulls a rifle and shoots Jordy and Hutch. What a surprise! Back in engineering, we see two ugly alien men and a regular human man and Dodger. And they're working in engineering. And it seems like they're trying to steal some kind of fluid. You know, some kind of engineering fluid. Yep, I know about those. When an alien redhead, played by Patricia Tallman, marches Picard in, he introduces himself as Mott the Barber and pretends he got lost when the power went out. Mm. And Kelsey, the leader of the group has one of the dudes keep an eye on him. Then Picard immediately overhears Kelsey talking about trilithium resin and gets a real worried look on his face. Yeah. Back on the planet, Hutch is covered in a sheet.
0: Yeah, man, he's gone.
1: <laughs> Beverly is uh caring for uh, a seemingly unconscious Geordi. Hey, man, the body count in this episode at the end is something to behold. Oh, yeah. (laughs) For this fucking filler episode. Hutch is dead. They hated him, and now he's dead. It's true. They don't really talk about that. I wonder if that bothers them at all. He kind of isn't really a person. He's definitely not a person anymore. (laughs) Uh, Riker, Troy, and Data are discussing the situation. They figure Jordy upset the timetable for whatever this is by seeing the weapons and... Maybe they'll be able to out-improvise their captors since they're, you know... They're the fucking Sunday company at the Groundlings or whatever. These That's three. right. Yeah, yeah. We know about these. These They got uh, Big Beef, and you got the Metal Man, and uh, Dr. Scowl. And they're gonna do a great job. Oh, and Troy. Troy's there, also too. Also, Troy's there. <laughs> Troy's there, too, but she's just gonna stand in the corner, I think. Um, Data immediately says... I can make Jordy's visor into a weapon that can emit a hypersonic pulse, and that's going to knock everybody, but presumably not me, but I'm not going to specifically say not me out. Yeah, it is weird that that is his one and only plan. He must have been dying to try that on Jordy's visor for a long time. Uh, you pointed out as recently as last week that Data has a bomb in his arm all the time. <clears throat> yeah, why doesn't he use that? Just all the time, constantly has a little, keeps a little bomb in there. They should have nodded their fucking heads at each other, just going, bomb, bomb. Okay, we got it. Throw your There's no open the fire for him to throw it into. I guess just peg one of those dudes in the head with it. <laughs> he, just take off his arm and throw it. Do you think Data can throw pretty hard? He could probably throw it through that guy's head. Yeah, I bet Data. I bet Data's got a <laughs> Nolan Ryan style fastball for sure. That's right. Is Randy Johnson a better a better example because of that nah, seagull? No, nah, that's fine. Nolan Ryan's uh, better because he's more of a regular sized man. So that's true. Data's not—he uh, ain't got the big unit size, you know. Um, while they work on this plan, uh, the thieves are too distracted by their uh, what turns out to be a trilithium heist hmm. to notice when Picard sticks the laser <laughs> welder that uh, Lita did not frisk him for. No, into some kind of no-no socket right <laughs> yeah, down there I don't in know engineering what that was, but it did. The computer didn't like it. When he did it. And um yeah, I know it sets off the whole engineering fog machine. Yep. He also destroys the field diverter <clears throat> and makes his escape into the Jeffries tube, pursued by the guy who was guarding him. But he can't get out that way. The baryon sweep is closing in. It's like he forgot about it. Well, maybe he didn't know he don't know where that Jeffries tube goes. <laughs> maybe he didn't know which direction he was he was yeah. crawling. <laughs> He's not fucking Jordy. He can't just set <laughs> off through a wall in any direction and arrive in the right place. <laughs> Jordy was so impressive in that episode, man. Good Lord, he smashed that guy so good. I uh, watched, I, just, sometimes just I like, watch that I gotta that go clip. where? Sickbay? All right, I'll just walk at that angle. And I'll I get go to there. YouTube and I watch top, top NFL hits of 2023, <laughs> 2024, and then I watch that clip. You watch Jordy space that guy. Yeah, in order, and I got Jordy's still better. That was a better hit. It fucking, um, it was like textbook that hit. <clears throat> oh, when the guard gets to where Picard was, uh, Picard ain't there no more. He cut a little hole in the floor and dropped into whatever's below the Jeffries tube. As I said, some work crew's gonna go in there and go, "Oh, what the fuck?" Oh, you don't worry. He booby trapped it with his little uh, riding jacket or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, And while he's looking at that, the fucking baryon sweep comes through the wall and, and eats him. Even though it looks like it's going slow. Uh, and it pretty ain't good. Slow. He gets off a good scream about it. Yeah, not immediate. It ain't instantaneous. Even though it seems like it would hit the top of his noggin first. he Why didn't he That's back where the up? brain is. Why didn't he back up? It looked like it was going really slow, I think. It he was had time going to back slow. Up. He could have got away, but he stood there catching flies with his mouth wide open. <laughs> I, think I, he, I think he's not a fight or flight person. I think he's. Uh... I think he just kind of hangs out. Um, The thief team takes their trilithium. They put it in a little igloo cooler. I know. And they uh, start making for 10 forward, the last place on the ship the sweep will reach. Because I guess they don't have a plan to get off the ship. Not yet. Not this year. (laughs) I guess they don't get to leave immediately. They have to go to 10 (laughs) forward and fucking wait it out. They got to wait until I guess it is dangerously close. Yeah. Um, one of the aliens finds Picard's communicator, so Kelsey knows he's not a barber. Although that seems like a weird assumption to make. Why yeah, wouldn't they, Mod have a communicator? Yeah, does he have man. to walk over and touch a panel when he wants to talk to someone? All kinds of people use those things. Yeah, I mean they're right, but yeah, that's not that's yeah, not the right. I assumption. mean they're right, but like we don't know. Why does Kelsey know so much about how Starfleet works? Yeah. Also, do you suppose that I had to dump his Kahlua out of that little cooler? Oh, probably <laughs> I think he was really mad about it <laughs> i He'll brought this exactly for me right for that guy i brought this for me i was i need it because I, I already the awarded myself the medal for drinking this <laughs> <laughs> um picard listens to kelsey's call to lita <clears throat> but then he jumps on to warn them against trying to move that trilithium at all she tells him he won't be able to stop them but he grabbed a crossbow from War's Quarters and he's <laughs> in sick bay now dipping the bolts in poison. She doesn't know. She doesn't know that part about the nope. crossbow. <laughs> nope. Someone's going to wish they knew about that part. Yep. Um, Kelsey discovers that Picard has cut a bunch of rungs in one of the ladder ways. Uh, and they the have worst. more radio chatter about that. Because he like, uses... leaves the little rung nubs in there too. <laughs> oh, I just keep thinking about the work crews. Oh, great. <laughs> Ah, uh, so he didn't just pull them out; he like cut them all. Oh, I cut them. Right? So uh, uh, we're gonna have <laughs> yeah, to remove like, all I'm... of those little nubs. Between the no-no socket, <clears throat> the Jeffrey's tube floor, and this, I'm starting to think he had some kind of laser. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Should have used that well, laser on him. <clears throat> he he's talking to Kelsey on the uh, horn about how oh, she's probably going to ten forward while. He's using, I guess, Beverly's chemistry set to make a two-part explosive compound. It's something, man. Yeah. It's, uh, he's, like, chatting away while he's doing it, too. And, by the way, there, there's, like, all kinds of explosion noises that she should be able to hear. <laughs> she should go, well, or should I say, lieutenant? Lieutenant commander? Was that an explosion? You make a shit. bomb? Holy shit, man. You know we have Jeez, trilithium, dude. right? Just let us steal this shit. We've Who got trilithium. Hell? Don't bring explosives here. <laughs> What's going on? Um, On the planet, Beverly tells Troy they'll need a distraction when they set off the visor. And Troy uh, walks four steps and passes the message on to Riker. <laughs> he gives them that distraction in the form of a palm heel strike right to Orton's face and... I'm going to be honest with you. I think he could have taken the other guy, too. I have in my notes. Hey, if those other people had done anything during Riker's distraction, that Uh would have been the end of it, man. They just would have been free. I think it's a classic case of getting caught up in what you were planning and yeah. missing an opportunity to do something else. Yeah, you got to roll like, with punches, like, Riker. I'm going to knock this guy out. That'll be the distraction. And, and then, then I'll wait then to get shot. I'll wait to get po- or punched <laughs> yes. in the face or whatever. Then they'll draw down on me and I'll <laughs> be like, ah, but meanwhile, they'll have done the thing. Not, and then he didn't notice. Oh, I fucking Everyone was flattened. surprised. Orton with that one and the other guy is very slow to react so to is it. That Orton and his weird lieutenant are like uh, kind of doughy businessman types and they uh-huh. uh, were not really ready for this at all. <laughs> um, I mean, by the way, we'll get to it, but that's the the entire story of the episode is these, these guys aren't up to this. No. <laughs> now, Picard puts a fucking crossbow bolt into the leg of the alien guy who was sent to look for him. Yeah, he does. But once it doesn't again, blow him up though. No, no. It's not on the <laughs> the poison is on the crossbow bolt. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> but once again, Lita Alexander gets a gets the drop on him. Yeah, I know. She's um she's doing well, you know why? Because she's from Babylon Five, and on Babylon Five they mastered just standing on the other side of the wall. Yes and, and listening. <laughs> they were so very good. As at that you day. as you reveal important details about this space war or whatever. <clears throat> she brings him in at gunpoint kelsey takes the trilithium from neil and while he's catching his breath ices him yeah uh off screen she probably ices him let's say yeah yeah he's then she meets up with lita and picard and tells them oh the sweep got neil don't worry about neil (laughs) it was weird he had plenty of time but he tripped and uh you know what you know and Neil was like. He was embarrassed. Luckily, we were taking turns carrying the trilithium, and luckily it was my turn, so that's why I've got it. I think he farted too. Like right before the sweep got him. That guy was an embarrassment. <laughs> he screamed, I'm so embarrassed as it ate him. <laughs> and Leo I, head I, off and I believe all of work. that. That's all right. Yes. <clears throat> um Data. Recognizes a perimeter alarm on one of the computers and he figures a ship has just popped in and it's that's this is probably what Orton was waiting for and that means the shields are probably down so now's the time to use the visor yeah uh so sure enough everyone goes down I didn't like hearing it in my headphones <laughs> sure <laughs> and uh data gets to the computer and starts taking control uh Picard reveals his true identity and offers uh to make a deal with Kelsey but she's got what she's after she just wants to sell this trilithium she's not like yeah man this ain't, ain't terrorism or nothing she's she just got trying to sell trilithium yeah she ain't like yeah. uh, our our boy shrek who's got a secret motivation <laughs> that she's <laughs> right. definitely going to tell you all about later exactly <sighs> she doesn't trust Picard so she has him go through the door into Ten Forward first but he knows exactly <sighs> No, he knows not to step on the two very colorful strips of tape that are on the floor. <laughs> Unfortunately, Lita doesn't. No. And she steps on the explosive patch he's put down and gets blown out of the action. It may or may not have killed her, but if not, the sweep did. The sweep definitely got there. But <laughs> um, and Kelsey begin struggling for uh, control of the one of the weapons while the sweep starts coming into 10 forward. Um, but then Kelsey gets the upper hand briefly, but gets a signal from a ship and beams out with the trilithium Mm, and Picard calls the base to tell him, turn off the Baryon sweep, please. And I guess data shuts it off in time. And then data says, Hey, a scout ship just beamed someone off the enterprise. (laughs) And Picard holds up a piece of the igloo cooler for the trilithium and says, they're not going to get far, but data can't see that. (laughs) So it's probably pretty surprising when the ship actually does blow up. And who knows how many people were aboard. The yep. body count, man. He. He and Orton and his buddy, man, they were bodies everywhere in this episode. This filler week episode. Um Picard's getting treated in sickbay. When Worf comes in, he's found his saddle. Someone just fucking stuck it in a locker because what's this saddle doing here? Yeah. They do the a fucking TOS style joke to credits. Hey, man, they ain't got, like, uh, lost and found or nothing. No. Literally, Someone people just, just like, went, fuck this. Get this out of the way. Just put it anywhere. Well, probably most of them didn't know what it fucking was. Just stuff I don't know, man. I think locker. it's like a big messenger bag, but I can't figure out where you'd put the stuff. <laughs> just stuff it into this Where's locker. Where's the though? stuff go? It's cool. <laughs> These guys seem like 11-year-old boys or something. They don't seem very <laughs> responsible on this ship. Are you
0: interpreting all the symbols, searching
1: your subconscious for their meaning? Well, I think I accurately interpreted that this was Die Hard in space. (laughs) I said the producers of this show would let you know that Die Hard was just one movie in an action movie tradition. (laughs) And so, yes. So they were tired of hearing this. They said they stole it. Yeah, I don't know anything about Randy Randy and his fucking Oreos. Oreos. Okay. So yeah, okay, yes, it's beat for beat like diehard, including he's <laughs> overhearing communications, et cetera. He's talking to him. Uh, but you know, uh diehard didn't invent none of that. Yeah, I had. Uh sometimes a body count is a fucking necessity, man. And I gave it zero points for not having a take. This is literally an episode without a point of view. It is just Picard murders so many people who are doing crimes on his ship. I didn't learn about the human condition. He wets all of these fuckers, and no one's (laughs) supposed to feel any damn way about it. Nope. Also, Hutch died. Hutch died. And also, and also, Jordy killed a kid. He said (laughs) it was weird. Jordy is Reginald L. Johnson in this one I figured he was the next most capable actor After Patrick Stewart So <clears throat> I don't know man What did you think it was No uh, don't fuck with Captain Picard on his own starship <laughs> That's right Like a, a better episode Would have made a point about this About home field advantage or But mm. in this one The thieves are just outclassed everywhere On yeah. the planet In space It's like yeah not I mean, great. there's nothing you could there's nothing you could do with it. I gave it a zero also yeah it's uh we double barreled it on this one yeah does that mean a zero on the execution as well? I didn't know take it technically, but we'll see where it goes <laughs> okay both both halves of this one are dumb yeah the thieves are just thieves. they have no ideology. it's not terrorism. The only speeches Picard can give are threatening ones. He can't talk him out of anything. No. And he tries to a little bit. He's like, hey, that trilithium's very um, unsafe. Please don't do unsafe things on my ship." but that doesn't really go anywhere. Uh huh. Uh, Kelsey's just a piece of shit. All of her various chuds are incompetent except for Lita, and she gets <laughs> gobbled up by a green special effect with a blown <laughs> off leg or something. <laughs> yep. Down on the planet, the two worst prepared hostage takers ever have no chance. This is a rare episode where it would have felt smarter and better if Riker and Data just looked at each other and said, maybe we just beat the hell out of these guys. (laughs) That's right. I think we could just uh, take them. I think we just take them. Yeah. You take that guy, I'll take this guy, and then we'll just be done. they got to do business so we can have enough cutbacks that allow time to pass up on the Enterprise. Yeah. But, like, these guys should have known, I think we can just beat them up. Did you see the way Orton um, just... Grabbed Jordy by the arm and walked him across the room from the thing he saw. (laughs) These dudes are not cool at all. They are not good at hiding any of what they are doing, and they are not prepared for this. The other guy's dropped his gun twice. (laughs) I just have a feeling. I just have a feeling about this one that we could just beat their asses. And I'm just gonna look at you two, Troy Crusher. You're backup, so uh, just just watch. And if one of us goes down, just get in there. Honestly, I'm 80% sure either one of you could beat these guys up too. So, <laughs> you know, we'll go first because I think we have the best chance. But, like, and honestly, feel free to third man in. <laughs> I think he could take him. <laughs> Had you seen him tackle a guy? <laughs> he could lay on. He could lay on. Yeah, he could thumb. I know he just got all shot, but, like, I've seen him put his shoulder into somebody before. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to the fucking cosmos. These guys constantly let the hostages communicate and walk around the room and plan out of their earshot. And, and punch him Riker in the head. And get close enough to knock Orton right on his ass. Yeah, man. He should have given him a real punch instead of that palm strike. He probably wouldn't have waken up. Probably just a little late there. And, of course, this is an episode where they give Spiner a big stage on which to ham it up. Yeah. So what's what's good about this one? Not the saddle gag. No. So, yeah, it's a zero. Okay. I said, uh, well, it really is Die Hard in Space, huh? Picard does very little convincing and very much murder. He makes a point of pointing out that he didn't kill that one guy, knowing full well the sweep would get him. <laughs> yeah. On Planet Smalltalk, things are light, and then it's another let's put our best actor down with an injury episode for Geordie. So, not much happens there, their first plan succeeds, and honestly, Riker's negoci- negotiation tactic would also have worked if one other person had jumped into action at the same time. Yep. Um, anyway, it's a pretty brain-dead episode, just action, but at the pace TNG does it? So, slow. Uh, I didn't have much to say about it, I gave it a 2. Well, what about world-building? Uh, the Remler Array, the Baryon Sweep, all the robot homies give a boop and a beep, uh, a carrier base, still makes me laugh that the bridge of the Enterprise is a woody. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Just... In the it's got Walmart trim for man. <laughs> In the eighties, they really thought like that was gonna be saber. <laughs> they really thought that was gonna be the shit forever, huh? <laughs> they are just like, and then because it's a timeless style, uh, the bridge of the Enterprise is a Woody as well. Because why wouldn't you do that? And every time I see it, it makes me laugh. But I don't know how much we've talked about it on the show. But it's just every time I see it, just like, they give that you that a big loving shot. The was- puts his hand down on the wooden handrail. <laughs> It was '80s set. I can't fucking believe it. Um, did divorce at least commu- they've gotten rid of the fucking way low slung seats at Ops and the Con where they were fucking riding the whip, Ghost riding the yeah. whip out there. <laughs> that was super weird the way they were sitting in season one. <laughs> um, did divorce communicator have like a stylized raptor on it or something? That was something I had never noticed in previous watches. Oh yeah, I don't know, but uh, Kelsey's rifle, I think has. I, I'm not listen. I'm not exastrescentia. I'm not the proper uses guy, but I'm pretty sure we. The last time we saw it, it was in the hands of a Romulan.
0: Okay. So maybe so this
1: is all a bunch of Romulan gear. Maybe they. Maybe they stole it from Romulans in universe. Who knows? Um, the weapon on the planet really messed Jordy up. Good man, it killed Hutch, but like, Jordy's just all. I think, I think she I think she did say it gave him the brain scrambleys, So, <laughs> um, using Jordy's visor to make a hypersonic pulse. Trilithium is too volatile to risk moving around in a big thermos, but I don't know. They do it. Um, what's up with the poison vials? <laughs> what are those for? Is that mm-hmm. for when he's going to commit suicide every other week? Is that just the knockout juice that he would put in a hypo spray, but he's like, "What if I just put it on an arrow? I have no idea what the I don't know what's going on there. Um a deep down cleaning of the enterprise is something to think about, I guess like yes, it's, it it got and we gotta clean it. It's got. look you know how many you know how many little points of light have just entered <laughs> this ship? And swirled around in it, and gone on people's bodies and shit. There's all kinds of negative energy in here. You know, I bet they burned some incense out there too. Every everywhere it goes through there, it sucks all the nitride out of there. That's right. You know that, right? And we didn't have much to begin with. No, that was actually a real crisis that they never explained how they solved. Yeah, <laughs> how they reinfused the ship? It's like no, we're out. We don't have any. It's like, oh, well, well, what are you gonna do about it? It seems like the ship's really brittle, and it's just going to break. It's supposed to be there, right? <laughs> it's not good. It's there <laughs> for a reason, yeah? Yeah, just for the idea of the deep-down cleaning of the Enterprise, I gave it as much as a 2. Um, <clears throat> uh, we have a starship maintenance procedure that's made up to get everyone off the ship, yeah, and a brand new unstable waste product that's useful as a weapon, to the point that it's worth this elaborate heist to steal some. I mean, let me ask you a question real quick what happened the last yeah. time they evacuated everyone so that people come on board and do work work crews um the people who came on board took over the ship and took <laughs> it back to their home planet because their <laughs> computer was dying and they, needed, why would they they needed a they needed to be able to store all of their computer while yeah. this big solar flare hit why would they why would they ever authorize a procedure where that happened again <laughs> yeah now when they do it the third time what's their excuse gonna be <laughs> it's a good question yeah <laughs> Um, I gave it a 0 and the reason I gave it a 0 is because I'm so mad about the Baryon sweep but I'm saving that for the fucking quick hitters with uh, <laughs> right. the mouth so it's over a year at 0 through 3 categories that's not a great yeah. start well you talked me down from one point <laughs> earlier so yes alright well they better earn you know a lot characterization? of points in characterization Yay. they better really fucking clean up Um, Picard I guess Knows how to make low-grade explosives from shit that's sitting around in sickbay with no computer or replicator. Yeah. He also yeah. knows how to poison the tip of an arrow. No, again, that's Kirk shit too, man. It's everything's. It's Kirk week, I guess. Everyone's just doing their best Kirk impression this week. Well, unlike Kirk, he can do a Vulcan neck pinch now. Yeah, he can. He's actually kind of a whole different guy. This week, especially, he did become <laughs> a new person. Riker and Troy and Beverly and Data are all whatever normal. Worf begged out of a work party 100% for script reasons, but it also makes sense in character. Yeah. Although, you could just have a bad guy point a gun at Worf and take his phaser, and then he just happens has to all the time. Eat shit. Yeah, I mean, it happens constantly. Um, Picard aside, this isn't the biggest problem in the episode, but like, little Picard in Rascals was way more like what I imagined Picard alone on the ship would be. He didn't even get Alexander's RC car from Worf's quarters. <laughs> You should have brought that back. It should have been a callback to that fucking ridiculous scheme. And then, like, like yeah, the, the divorce should have, have just connect. stomped on it. And then you go, oh shit. I go, okay, I Oh, yeah, I that wouldn't have really worked, huh? I guess that wasn't going to work twice. Um. I mean, I gave it a two. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I just, I think I see what just happened here. Um. Okay, Picard is so put out by being the boss in the beginning of this one. Everyone's coming to him with questions, and he looks super annoyed by the whole thing. Uh like you said, Picard knows the Vulcan nerve pinch. Is that from his meld with Sarek, or he just knows that shit? He probably learned it at Spock's wedding. Yeah, that's right. The wedding he was at for some reason. Um, or Cybok's wedding. Maybe Cybok didn't really die in Star Trek Five. We don't know which of Sarek's <coughs> sons. Maybe there's another one. Maybe there's a third one we Maybe don't know about. there's a third son, and he's, he's like the Cooper Probably Manning. Probably a different human wife. Do you think he had one with Perrin? Yeah, for sure. He's the Cooper Manning of that family. He's around. No one knows much about him, though. Um, <laughs> Picard kills all of these fuckers, man. He kills yeah. everyone on the Enterprise, and he kills everyone on that ship. And he doesn't yeah, care. He doesn't know how many people are on that ship? No, nope. He don't care. He doesn't care. We don't, we're not supposed to care. No one cares at all, man. He went fucking ape shit on these people. Goes to Warf's quarters for weapons and shit. It's just crazy, man. You see? I'm gonna go get a crossbow? What? Crossbow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe he happening? didn't know wharf had a crossbow, but he knew wharf had some kind of weapon in there. He was probably expecting just to grab the, the bat left off the wall, and then he saw the uh, crossbow. And he's like, oh, that's much better. Click on some crossbows? I love it. Just, by the way, a crossbow... That looks exactly like a contemporary 1992 crossbow because it was. They just rented one. Yeah, they just straight took one, took one from the sporting goods store. Worf has a 20th century Earth crossbow. Worf is so smug about beating Geordi to asking Picard for an excuse to not attend that party. Uh, Worf is so weirded out by Picard's saddle. Even just holding it, he looks like he might puke. What does he think it is? It's, does he Just think it's a sex thing? He thinks it's a sex thing. <laughs> he thinks it's a sex thing, I think. Worf is already getting real religious. Oh, so it's a religious kind of modesty that's driving his revulsion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh Okay. Jordi and Worf have a great rivalry in the teaser. Um, Troy changed out of her blue uni to go to the party. Um, oh, yeah. She's in that first scene where she's asking Picard about evacuation stuff, she's in her blue uniform, but then later she's in her little jumpsuit. Again, i was I guess really she wasn't really on duty. <laughs> no. I uh, I did enjoy her reading Picard's lying brain as he abandons them to go riding. Um Riker makes Hutch and Data have the world's shittiest conversation. Mm. and then as I said, his plan to punch Orton actually was the right plan if everyone had just rushed them. Um Jordy is always getting shot, man. Yep, yeah, he's the Bologna Torres of this show for sure. Even if I didn't remember it. I would have known as soon as he uncovered that thing that it was time for him to get blasted. <laughs> he was going to catch one, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's why I was screaming at him to stop, that he wouldn't stop. Uh, I gave it a four. <clears throat> All right, you like this one a little more than I did. Well, you liked you it, it. You liked two. it. Um, two points out of forty worth. You gave it an eight. I gave it a two. <laughs> two. Uh, we'll just call it. A, you know, it's a ten overall. <laughs> Uh, I don't think I need to go back and verify, but you've never given anything as low as a two, right? Uh, incorrect. I have previously issued a one. Okay. Oh, that's right. Waking Moments. <laughs> I gave that a two. That's right. So yeah, uh, just an FYI, when I, after I watched this, I did immediately have to go after I graded it, I should say, I yeah. did immediately have to go and check what the lowest score I'd ever given an episode yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, Waking Moments uh, was. Was, yeah. Was a real fuck you to everyone who's ever been alive on this planet, for sure. I mean, listen, it was worse than this one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the audacity of that episode <laughs> is really something to behold. It's just, hey, everybody just lays in a cave fully dressed, <laughs> even though their whole society only lives in the dream world. Also, Chaco, sweet sense of Chaco. He's gonna fucking torpedo that fucking place. Yeah, That's right. He's gonna kill everyone in there. <laughs> and also, it's the fourth time he's seen the moon or whatever. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, normally we do this at the end, but I do want to say that uh, Starship Mine is the lowest scoring TNG ever, tied with Rascals, of course. And oh, well, there also you go. A Fistful of Datas, and those were in consecutive <laughs> weeks. By the way, no, Fistful of <laughs> Datas got eleven, but like, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, it's um, it's been a bad year. For TNG, and uh, I don't think season seven is going to be a lot. better. This is how I remembered season six and seven. So, yep, this is all—it's all lining up the way we thought it would. Do you have some quick hitters? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but this one, Brent Spiner was older in this episode than you are now, dog, and you can tell in the close-up shots, <laughs> all of his fucking wrinkles really show in that shimmery ass makeup. Man, he already looks busted in season six. It's tough. It's worse than the one episode where his sleeve rolls up a little, and you're like, "God, Brent Spider has the hairiest fucking arms." Why? Did, why, why did Susan give him those hairy ass arms? Hey, when Riker took his arm off, it was smooth. it wasn't hairy. Yeah, I remember. I remember because I don't, I don't that remember is if that scene has already come or gone. But there's like one famous scene where the dude's got the hairiest arms. Uh, is that the one where Data has to pull up a sleeve, and he's he ends up smearing all the notes he's taken on his arm? <laughs> all those cheating notes he's taken. And then he just uh, slams his palm print down on the test and yeah. passes out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, data practicing facial expressions made Marjan laugh a lot. So I guess we know somebody who enjoys Spiner after all. Well, Listen, from all the commentaries and everything, we understand that many people do. Many all the people, many people on the show seemingly. did. Yeah. But like, uh, I never got it. No, it was, wasn't for me. Uh, Lita Alexander I always, appearance. I always think of Jordy getting blown across engineering and did it going. Ugh. <laughs> well, he is a mugger for sure. Uh, Lita Alexander appearance. Dodger from Babylon Five appearance. Obviously a Tim Ross appearance. Um, how did the guy in the Jeffries tube get eaten by that sweep? It was moving so slow. Why is that lady trying to guess Picard's rank? She felt she was. It seemed like she thought she really got him. She was like. Hm lieutenant or maybe lieutenant commander (laughs) it shows what how people understand starfleet though that she didn't think this man in his mid-60s might be the captain of the ship could be the captain of the ship because everyone is a fucking 60 year old ensign um again someone's gonna be so mad when they have to replace all the rungs on that ladder picard lasered off uh Riker's stunt double is utter trash Even the palm strike uses the stunt double for some reason, and it's bad. I think the guy has, like, spray-painted his hair black, like Riker has black (laughs) hair. But it's not this guy's natural black hair. Right. It's very, it's a weird choice. So, uh, you know, yet another stunt double fuck-up. What about you? Uh, All right. Baryons. That's not made up. That's not a made-up thing. That's not chronitons or t- fucking baryons, for example. <laughs> the baryon beam was pretty nasty. Baryons are any particle that is made up of quarks, a.k.a. Mm. protons and neutrons are for okay. sure the most common members of the group of baryons. Well,
0: uh, so, these yeah, have um, been
1: custom-tuned to... Yeah, I guess so. Huh? To clean the, uh, in a very harmful way. Any kind of light that can sweep them away would definitely uh kill living beings, but also it would destroy everything else the ship is made out of, including all of the matter and antimatter in the fuel tanks so yep <clears throat> I guess the electrons would be okay though, just a huge cloud of fast moving angry electrons suddenly repelling each other <laughs> baryon sweep. <laughs> Yeah, well, it wouldn't be Star Trek if there there wasn't something to be mad about in the <coughs> science of the show. Uh, data, so I already mentioned this, but Data celebrating reaching a higher level of consciousness by doing some season one Pinocchio shit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He's practicing um, sneezing all over again. Humans definitely do not prefer a body temperature of 21 degrees Celsius to operate most efficiently. <laughs> Unless... He considers people who've been dead for eleven hours to be the most efficient. He's, it's like the other day when he said he was on the deck of the Enterprise. I think Data's, uh-huh. uh, I think Data needs a baryon sweep, man. I think so, man. He's listen. He's put in a lot more hours than most androids his age, and so he's <laughs> fucking chock full of baryons. He needs someone needs to run the oh shit, what's it called? Uh, the Data needs to defragment his drive. Oh yeah, I think because shit's not running right at all. I'm on. This is the deck of the Enterprise.
0: Well, I should found have gone, humans prefer a body deck? temperature of
1: 21 degrees. No, they do not. <laughs> it's just a liar. Room temperature—that's what we like. It is this a lie? Are you trying to catch me? You think I don't know Celsius? What are you—what are you talking about? If uh, if this character Devore isn't supposed to be Tuvok on an undercover mission, explain his delivery of these lines, man. Yeah. Yes. Why is he talking exactly like a Vulcan? He must have got beamed out right before the sweep got there by the, the spy ship. That's my theory. Ship, the, spy, the section 31 ship that was yeah, there to get him exactly. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I wrote, I wonder if Picard even reported those missing rungs, or if some yellow shirt ensign had a nasty fall about it. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't realize it till it was too late. Just expected the rungs to be there and whoop. Card gets on this call with Kelsey and says 10 forward is the most logical place to stay ahead of the Baryon sweep but we saw that he heard her say they were going to 10 forward and because it was the last place in the ship that the Baryon sweep would get to. (laughs) Yep, Yep. all that's been covered. So it's cool that maybe she thinks he's really on the ball and doesn't think, well you've got a radio you probably heard me say that. But yeah. yeah, I'm not impressed. Yeah, we already know what's up. For best actor, I just don't know, man. Yeah, I just don't know. Again, for worst actor, not helpful that Jordy is unconscious for a lot of the time because maybe he could have said something in a way that a realistic person, like like a person, would say it. All right, that's two, two down, and the scores are great. I'm looking at them and they're very good. Cool. 10, a 10 and a 20? Yeah. Yeah, we're looking good right now. Oh my God, is Voyager good? Hold on a second. Is it possible Listen, that Voyager, Voyager has can a collect chance. and get another win? Uh, the the winner last week was Voyager. I know. That's what I'm saying. They might, they have only got to beat a 20, man. Yep. <laughs> this week we're discussing The Haunting of Deck 12. That better not work. While Sinister Music plays,
0: <laughs> Neelix <not> paces...
1: <laughs> sorry. I, I interrupt so much. I'm sorry. It's just that when, <laughs> no, the it's teaser, when the teaser opened with creepy music, I was out. I was <laughs> done. I was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> While Sinister Music plays, Neelix paces around the empty mess hall, looking worried for some reason. Uh, he turns the lights off, and then he gets a jump scare from 709 at the door. Quote, Because of what happened last time. Yeah. Uh, She's there to ask Neelix to babysit the Borg buddies while a power interruption takes their regeneration chambers offline.
0: Yeah, they're all going to
1: evacuate to a carrion base. (laughs) Yes. For a minute. (laughs) Well, they would if there was one. Yeah. Uh, He asks her how much the Borg buddies know about what's going on, and she says nothing. And they have a little discussion about parenting, but very little. And then we cut to the bridge, and Voyager is gliding up on some cloud that, although it looks like a normal space cloud to me, it's everyone out. Yeah, they all uh, talk about how fucking demonic it is, or whatever. Yeah. Maybe they hear the music. That must be it. Again, I always wonder that about these shows. Am am I hearing it, or is the crew hearing it too? (laughs) Uh, after some Tuvok banter, Janeway orders a shutdown sequence, and the lights go out all over the ship. Shmolus even turns himself off. It's all flashlights and shit, and nobody's CPAP works now, and everybody's gonna get just awful sleep. Yeah, that's true. I may have had a power outage this w- this last week. I didn't realize those things were plugged in the whole night, but I guess that makes sense. As part of the shutdown, Neelix tells the Borg buddies... That everything is going to be all right, and he tries to engage them in games, or maybe a nice Flotter T Otter novel. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they can't do the holodeck bit, so just reading, I guess. Icheb starts asking a bunch of questions about why everything shut down. Neelix's answers don't make much sense to him, and these kids have heard a bunch of rumors. Thanks, Naomi Wildman yep um particularly focused on deck 12 section 42 which we're told is off limits because it's haunted Mm, yeah yep neelix eventually agrees to tell them the story of the haunting of deck 12 (laughs) i was so glad this was your description (laughs) I mean, I was glad about it from the moment we did that first dive into the future to see which episodes were yours. I was glad about it then. But, like, watching it, I was like, oh, thank God I ain't got to write any of this down. (laughs) Months ago, before the Borg Buddies came aboard, but long after we joined Voyager, uh, the ship was gathering deuterium in a nebula just like this one when it started shaking. Then we go into a flashback which most of the episode will be in. Yeah. Neelix, in the flashback, asks Tuvok how much longer they'll be in this nebula. He claims the crew is on edge, but he's the only one who really seems worried, and it turns out that his bad childhood includes a history with nebulas because one passed through the Talaxian system when he was a child and blotted out the stars. Yeah. Yeah. And also... He's right. The nebula begins to destabilize, and Voyager's like, well, we've got enough dilithium for a thousand light years, so let's get out of here. But before that can happen, the ship gets hella zapped. Uh, they get out with seemingly only minor damage, but whoops, something had come aboard. Oh no! All of the, all of the Borg buddies start guessing what came aboard at this point. Did he say it was a, a point of light? Like it was light-based He'd, mainly? He didn't, and that's because it's kind of a cloud of gas this weekend. Oh, thank God. Okay, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there are cool, as regards nitrides or whatever. Okay. Uh, <laughs> in Flashback Land, the ship begins experiencing a number of minor computer errors, just like in every fifth Voyager episode or the one scary episode uh, of TNG where it turns out an Iconian probe did it. Right. Uh, while well, Janeway and Chakotay do some banter about how, oh yeah, they secretly talk to and make bargains with the ships that they're in command of all the time, even though we've never seen it. No. Um. And we didn't really see Chakotay in command of his ship, but, uh, we've seen Janeway a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, if it's a, if it's a dumb idea, then I believe that they do it for sure. <laughs> Janeway notices that the ship seems to have passed the same meteor cluster twice, and it turns out they have somehow doubled back. And then the ship goes to warp uncommanded. The malfunctions keep getting worse. The comms are weird. The turbo lifts get real bad. Find my phone doesn't work right. It's nah, Ain't nothing work right. Uh, B'Elanna's got one answer for this every time it happens, which is faulty gel packs. I mean, they've been failing kind of a lot. I hope when they get back, they tell them, hey, don't do, it. Don't do that no more. Don't do gel packs no more. Don't put those in ships anymore. <laughs> yeah, but when they get down there, the gel packs look normal. Right. And Torres says, oh yeah, there's an electrical discharge and it's just moving from gel pack to gel pack and they try to chase it down before it jumps again, but it gets into the cargo bay and starts to attack Seven of Nine. It gasses her and it puts up a bunch of force fields and tries to choke her to death. Seems like it gets into her metal eyebrow, too, but nothing comes of that. Now they don't talk about it specifically, but I did see it sparking and stuff. <laughs> Balana and Chicota get there in time to uh, get the force field down and get 709 to sick sickbay. Uh, shit starts going down in the mess hall. Harry Kim orders everyone to go to their stations. Uh, leaves Neelix there, all alone in the dark. On the overheating bridge, Janeway tries to bargain with the ship and well, systems do start coming back online, but then as soon as Tom Paris tries to fly him back where they were going, uh, he gets his face all cooked by sparks. Yeah. And the bridge starts venting all the oxygen. In Sick Bay, everyone, they all look at each other and Kirk and Spock style say, So we all agree that that electric discharge is alive, right? <laughs> yeah. And then they're forced to evacuate there, too, as this thing takes over deck by deck, section by section. Yeah. Kim I runs gotta into- say, of all the times when things looked very grim on Voyager, this was the most boring. <laughs> it's true. It's extremely boring emergency that they were going through. Kim runs into Crewman uh, Tall Celis again. We, she was one of the misfits from the episode Misfits. Yep, I was very surprised. <laughs> it's okay to be misfits. Um, I was very surprised to see her again. I thought for sure she was a one and done, but... Yeah. Yeah, she's back. She's spiraling pretty badly, and they head to engineering. Um, Neelix is also spiraling, especially when a Turbolift door wants to smash his nards. And, <laughs> uh... And then Tuvok jump scares him wearing an oxygen mask. Uh huh. Uh. Neelix now tells the children how he told Tuvok the story of the ghost ship Salvoxia in the Jefferies tubes. But the gas was waiting for them in those tubes, just like the baryon sweep in Starship Mine. And Tuvok oh, yeah. should know he was eaten all up by that same baryon sweep. Yeah. Or wasn't, I guess. Was yeah. Beamed away in the nick of time. Well, in engineering, the computer suddenly starts talking to Janeway and she starts talking back and even gives her command code, which Picard knows is a big whoopsie. But um, her hunch turns out to be right. Uh, she even pays for Duolingo Plus to get the life form to speak, quote, good English. Yeah, 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 yeah. It tells her to go to astrometrics and it clears the atmosphere there for her and she decides to play along and take seven with her. Neelix now treats us to a memory within a flashback. About his birthday dinner? But then he lifts a cloche, and underneath it is a scary skeletal face nebula. So, you know, sweeps. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, the lifeform shows a picture of the nebula and restores helm control. And Janeway reckons they just need to take the lifeform back home. Uh, It gives only Janeway access to the bridge, and she starts to take it back. But um, when they get there, it turns out that the nebula is gone. Because Voyager... Sort of accidentally destroyed it. <laughs> um, the life form decides to kill everyone at that point. <laughs> Janeway can't talk it down. Tuvok gets a big zap and asks Neelix to take his mask and go, but he refuses an order and drags Tuvok away. Janeway can't convince this life form to uh, fucking calm down. So she has everyone abandon ship, but the computer doesn't let her leave because she told it it needed them to maintain the ship or to start breaking down really fast. Yeah. And uh, I, I guess it's worked out that she's right. So it figures, all right, I'll keep you here to maintain ship systems. But she says, nah, you got to either give me full control of my ship or kill me right here. <laughs> That's the old Jane Gambit. And then you'll die too. Yeah. I'm pirate Janeway. Right. And i have no empathy for you <laughs> yeah. at the last moment the creature acquiesces and then after the crew returns to the ship they set up an artificial environment for it in, on deck 12 and it's yeah. just been there it's been there you know through the, all the borg buddy stuff and uh, through everything man through everything yeah through through all that stuff where tall learned to i uh, got a confidence wizard of oz style yep it's just been there well, let me see what other things i can say um it's been there it was there oh, when casted a fury i guess she didn't <laughs> blow <laughs> yeah. it out i guess she wasn't somehow. on deck 12 blowing it out i'm gonna go back now and see if she was on deck 12 blowing shit out because that'd be inconsistent yeah man it was yeah, there when we there. lived fast and prospered all of that yep yep yeah yeah it's weird that janway didn't uh take fake janway down and throw her in the nebula room for a minute or whatever <laughs> Let her pet fuck her up a little bit. In the cargo bay, the lights come back on and Neelix tells everyone to go to bed. They're worried that the life form might want revenge, but Neelix says to them, mm, but what if I made everything up? And each of them says, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You got a minor technical detail wrong. Probably none of that happened. It's right. But, uh, but up on the bridge, Neelix looks at the nebula and says, well, I hope it lives happily ever after. Yeah. Hmm. Are you interpreting all the symbols? Fuck you, Searching Chaco. your subconscious for their meaning? Fuck you. This is, I blame you. This is your doing, Chaco. Uh, all right, how about this? <clears throat> there are times when fear is good. It must keep its watchful place at the heart's controls. John Keats, 1776. <laughs> Everyone is afraid, but they just keep going, man. Also, Neelix and the kids talk about fear. Uh, it should have been an episode about communication, but I don't think it was. No. Janeway does eventually convince the alien to stop killing them, but I'm not sure how after watching it. I give it a four. All right. Um. Okay, here's what happens in this episode. <laughs> Neelix is visibly nervous about this creature, yeah. and by telling the story to the kids as if it's fake... He becomes less scared, mm. and maybe that's because the story humanizes the creature to the point that Icheb at the end recognizes that it's not really a monster. Yeah, but why is that a lesson for Neelix? Yeah, Neelix learned through his own dumb story that the yeah, thing it, wasn't a scary monster. It's almost like he just needs to hear it said out loud. That's exactly like that, I think. So I think they wanted something in here about the power of a story or whatever, but no, they never again. thought of anything specific. Oh, guess yeah, well, like, I just like, like I last time. <laughs> just like in Muse? Yep. <laughs> <sighs> when they're, seriously, they're in the right play. Could stop a war. Could stop a war. But also, writers these days, uh, <laughs> subplot. <laughs> uh, you can't just put a bunch of fucking kissing in there. You get it. Voyager sucks. Don't stop putting Bolana in the Sonic Shower. You can't make <laughs> her a sex symbol this late in the show. That's right. All right, man. Uh, <clears throat> well, there's nothing wrong-headed about it. It's hard to get any kind of specific lesson from it. Yeah. This is the one that prevents me from no taking it because I definitely felt like there was a theme or something. So, yeah. one. Okay. Uh, execution. Obviously the strength of this particular episode. Yeah, so a couple of things here. Uh, Neelix tells the story of things he wasn't party to. Yeah. So even given his predilection for collecting gossip from everyone on the ship, he's we know he's making some of this up as he goes. Yeah, I mean... But nothing in that else episode, in this episode. In Fury, we saw Tuvok have a memory of a thing he didn't see. <laughs> Oh. Yes, but that was telepathic or some horseshit. Yeah, right, right. Two right. rock powers. <laughs> yeah, two rock powers. Um, nothing else in the episode suggests we're supposed to believe anything different happened than what he tells them in the story, and also the whole thing goes unremarked upon. So that's yeah. a little unsatisfying. Yeah, I they don't even care how much of it was true. I thought uh, no one I, cares. I was really mad at the end when it was true though. Yeah, I was like, oh, there was a monster that went on deck twelve. Oh, that's fucking dumb. Um, number two, the framing device of Neelix telling the story to the Borg buddies specifically doesn't really seem to accomplish much. We don't understand why he decides to tell them this story. You'd expect it to be something like he knows the truth is less scary than whatever they're building up in their heads. And then he discovers that telling the story made him less afraid or something. But instead, they just keep asking questions about the monster on deck 12, and he can't improv his way out of it. No, and he hates it, too. He doesn't laugh it. So he just so gets questions. into it. And he's, yeah. just, he's just like, Tom Paris's face got horribly burned. We assume, <laughs> because why do we see it if if he didn't yeah. tell it to the children? It's clearly a detail that was in there that we didn't hear him say. Yeah, we don't hear him say that, but like the flashback structure suggests that we spend a long time on his burned face, Tuvok's <laughs> burned face. He probably just, has to explain. Just to what these that kids need to hear. Seven of Nine hates Tall Celis at this point in time and thinks yeah, she's like, like the stupidest officer on the whole ship. And so when she gets there and she's like, she you runs into Tall Celis. Up. Now let me back up and tell you about Tall Celis. <laughs> let me explain to you about this seven. So there's these other two guys. <laughs> That's right. To tell you about you Tall gotta Celis, I've really got to tell you about these other two dorks do you, you know about these guys. They don't get their own bedroom. <laughs> They got a double up. Anyway, at the end, Janeway compared herself to Jesus. It was pretty fun. Yeah. You should have been there. Um Honestly, Matt, this episode falls into the category of I expected a lot worse from the haunting of deck twelve.
0: <sighs> okay, well there you go. It's That's such not so a bad, bad
1: title. Then. It's I mean it's um, it definitely when you see it just on a list you go, oh no. Oh no. I honestly the only Voyager episode title that I thought was worse was the one that turned out to be a Microsoft Excel error where it interpreted eleven fifty nine as a percentage of the day. <laughs> I do remember that So for me, it's a three, okay, um, I said, oh, I was real all along. boo. <laughs> Thank God I didn't have to do the description on this one. I was so sleepy watching it. And there is a memory within a flashback. I mean, it's hard. Yeah. Uh, Fucking paranoid, shitty Star Trek writers. The alien threatens to be cool and reasonable, but nah, that wouldn't be full of action. So the alien goes back to being a real asshole. <laughs> yep. Uh, Obvious issues with the framing device going on here. I don't want to come off as a fucking hater. Like you can only, you're only allowed to tell the story one way. I'm not like that. I just don't think Neelix tells kids a ghost story was ever going to be a winner. And we they should have known that. Well, especially these kids. Neelix tells Naomi Wildman a ghost story fucking maybe. Uh, maybe. maybe um, boy, I don't know. I still think I'd hate that. Uh, anyway, I gave it's, it a uh, two. The story is called Here's What Happened to Your Mom. <laughs> Weirdly. Uh, um, all of my memories of the past, she's, like, really there. She's in there. <laughs> But not but, recently. Um, not I recently. just don't remember seeing her around. Actually, I should ask Tuvok about that. Have you seen her? You haven't seen her either. Oh. Well, she wears blue a lot. Who's in charge of the blue guys? The doctor? Is that... Probably is seven. That one? Probably seven and nine. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she just inserted herself right into the fucking... Right into the hierarchy. Uh, yeah, two for me, man. I didn't like it. Hey, man. I didn't like it. world building. There's a section in deck 12 you can't enter without a level level 6 security clearance. I assume I thought it was going to turn out there it was Janeway's Daniel's room, but um, <laughs> yeah. I guess the aliens live in there in this little nebula terrarium or whatever. Oh man, if she'd gone in there and it was like early Daniel's and he's like, let me tell you about the temporal cold war and you're like, <laughs> it's not even Enterprise's fault? Well, right. <laughs> I did not remember this at all. This is a real throwaway for Voyager. Um, as always, if you destroy the control panel, the system it controls is destroyed too. <laughs> Instead of like, great, my monitor won't work and my computer's still not doing the thing it's supposed to do. They fucking, these guys need to figure out low voltage electronics. <laughs> they do. There should be a low voltage side and a high voltage side of the, and a transformer in between because this shit is nonsense. Yeah, it's all trash. Um, Tuvok says he won't even break a sweat until 350 Kelvin. And I looked that yeah. up, and that's 170 Fahrenheit. So, damn, son. Vulcans yeah, are real. hella heat resistant. Uh, Nebula life form that sucks on Maine. Makes everybody either choke or turn into ground beef heads. Uh, learns to use the computer to communicate with Voyager's crew. Needs to go home. The usual... Chadra Cobb and Terranut Souffle, I gave it a one. Uh, a new kind of energy life form that they've been carrying around for months. They can store at least a thousand light years worth of deuterium. They got 80% of what they wanted, but I don't know that that means. A thousand light years is 80%. I don't know how much they had in there to begin with. Right, right, right. Voyager destroyed a nebula accidentally. That yeah, sounds Which right, is that tracks. <laughs> maybe it's something Janeway didn't want to report back to HQ the other week. She probably also <laughs> didn't tell them there was a gas cloud living on Deck 12. <laughs> no, she doesn't know how to tell them that part yet. Now she that it's gone, it's gone, she probably won't have out. to tell them anymore. She was like, they want fucking reports? They asked me for a status report. Bro, what does that mean to us? And then she pointed around the room like it was everyone's fault, but they know but, whose have fault you, you guys been doing them? Because I haven't. I haven't done one of these in six years. I had it as a one, maybe a two, but you gave it a one, so that's yeah. how that. Okay. Uh, character work, then. <sighs> Classic Janeway. Uh, diplomacy, right up until the end, and then threats. Yeah. But she tries, I guess. Uh, Neelix's many childhood traumas include a nebula that blotted out the stars, so he's a very nervous little scavenger. Mm-hmm. He probably hates being on Voyager. They go to Nebulas all the time. I mean, everyone should hate being on Voyager. They do dumb shit all the time. Um, But you know what? He won't leave Mr. Vulcan behind in the tubes. No one else is fucking in this one, man. I um, I can't see higher than a three when Janeway threatens to die right there in the corridor and leave <laughs> this creature to its fate if it doesn't agree to be her prisoner for months on end that she's never going to visit or talk about. <laughs> Also, I didn't get the feeling they were really looking for a nebula for this guy. No, I mean, I think they were they've just flying. a lot of stuff since. They, <laughs> they were, were like, just flying around. Were they going to a nebula when Janeway was like, by the way, we found Icheb's home, so we're just going to run him out there real quick. <laughs> Yeah, Did she go and talk to the Nebula monster about it? Hey, there's another, I'll just say monster aboard, because you're going to maybe not understand what I'm talking about. Anyway, and this other monster home, so has to go home. We're going to take him home first on the way to your home. I forgot the feeling she was giving this monster the fucking Moriarty treatment, and uh, it was just going to live on deck 12 basically forever. I guess Lifeline ate up a whole month of that time, huh? uh yeah that one did have some uh so some this guy could have come jumpers. on board in the sort of well we know it was before child's was, play that's so. that's the thing It you have to go all the way back to when the board buddies come on board oh, not only least. was it before child's play it was before collective yeah so, so it's, this guy came on the latest what if it's Tsunkatse. yeah what if it's well before that it's not really clear yeah uh I gave it a three uh seven's not telling these kids about what is really happening it's too scary neelix is good at no, she wasn't them. that involved in the episode about samantha wildman so she don't yeah. remember that this is sort of covered ground about whether you need to tell the kids the hard truth yeah uh neelix is good at occupying children now that they have enough of them aboard he might just be able to have a full-time job finally uh in this Did story make him the school teacher because i don't think he can read no, nah he's he a brings that slaughter book in there but then he's like please ask about the ghost so you guys take turns reading it's this is your project uh Neelix thinks it's a good idea to just leave his stove burning like crazy even when all the environmental systems are going crazy yep he's so that's not a great idea um well he's, he's not scared of fire but he is scared of the part of turning on a gas stove where it goes click 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 and oh, you're yeah like, who is it like man? a lot of gas is coming out before it lights It's <laughs> right yeah he's got ideas about fear uh well look crewman Celeste's back nobody wanted that but still like i definitely didn't think she'd be back but now she's basically sonia gomez <laughs> a little um, bit but anyway she's still a sniveling coward uh, Harry Kim gets to be the cool, under-pressure, experienced officer, but only when he's in the same room as <laughs> Celeste. Yep. He enjoyed that. Janeway's the one to eventually communicate with the alien, though it's not a nice alien, and it nearly kills her, and then she threatens to kill it. So none of it goes that well. No. <sighs> yeah, I agree, it's a three. All right. Well, it didn't it didn't quite do it. We don't have to give a win to The Haunting of Deck 12, but do you have some I, um, quick hitters about it? Yeah, when the teaser opened with the creepy music, I was out. Like, man, we really got to do this. It's too soon. It's too soon for more Voyager, is what I remember saying. By the way, this yeah. is a bottom 10% week, if you... Uh, I mean, it's a 20, an 18, and a 10, so yeah. it's, that's bad. Um, Waking up to see Neelix with a flashlight fucking in his possum face. That really is the stuff of nightmares for these (laughs) fucking kids. Um, I was really hoping I wouldn't have to take many notes on this one, but just in case it ended up being a true story, I had to anyway. (laughs) And then it was. That's why you're so mad that it was true. Yeah. Do you have ships named after Gibson and McMinn? Uh, No, they don't have uh, first names as far as I know. Just make them up. Pablo Gibson. And, um, uh, Bonzalez McMinn. Okay, hold on. <laughs> the, um, the computer is starting to sound kind of old and frail, man. Why did they need Major Barrett to keep doing computer voices? <laughs> I assumed it was a soundboard, honestly. I don't think it was. She sounded rough they must have needed her to say some new unique things for this monster they probably needed her to say captain janeway ah uh, yeah that's true on the new shows the uh, the ones that are airing now and approximately now uh they should have got somebody big to be the computer's voice so like morgan freeman or something or like uh <laughs> stephen fry maybe oh avery brooks would have been a good pull he would have but i don't think he wants to do star trek stuff no Nah, big. he's done <laughs> he hates that uh, or lol uh, I would have picked lol oh because of the way she said soft and you were like "She's yes. a robot. she's a robot but she's also very expressive it would have worked pretty good anyway um what about you quick hitters the uh subtitler taking shots at uh Tal Salis's line read here by italicizing that in I know that wasn't my fault that's probably how it was meant to be read but stay in your lane man she said, I know that wasn't my fault And that's fine <laughs> I uh, I don't think Neelix's walk burner is adjusted right It needs more <laughs> oxygen, man That flame should be blue It was probably covering everything in soot Yeah, probably <sighs> He thought that was like a good That's like a lamp to him Fear distracts people from accomplishing their goals Is the name of one of Icheb's right-wing podcast episodes I'm pretty <laughs> sure I, that kid did definitely grow up to be a, a nasty fucking Schultz. What's the name of him? Dwight Schultz. Dwight Schultz. Yeah. Yeah, he turned out to be a Dwight Schultz. And then I wrote, honestly, this is yet another octopusy. It's hard to give it a lot of points, but I was expecting something truly dreadful. Okay. Well good. Not so bad. Though. I give best actor to the uh soundboard guy making Major Barrett say taped lines, but if it was real person, I'll have to give it to <laughs> someone else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <sighs> doctor shuts himself off and disappears for most of the episode that's probably it um worst actor again the little twins man get rid of these guys yeah we really didn't they don't do anything you can dump each it's like they two. said we can't just bring two kids i don't know why they said that though <laughs> they didn't have an idea. the best one you could keep her but like <clears throat> man dump these guys. The twins are a real lost cause. They should definitely find their home next week, please. I I don't know their names. No, uh... Uh... (laughs) Well... (laughs) I was gonna call them Lil Mookie. Big Al. (laughs) Big Al, yeah. But together they're known as Ray. For (laughs) reasons. So that way, shorthand, you can say, hey, where's Ray? And you know you're talking about the twins together. Uh... You give this 6.67 on average Yeah, <laughs> this week's episodes. A 2, and 8, and a 10. Yo, that fucking sucks. You there's, have given worse, though. There, I'd say a 6.33 three from you. There's six underlines in this week's stat block. Yeah, and man. Underline in this case means bottom 10%. I'm surprised Landry didn't just spit all these numbers back out at you and be like, no, nope, try again. That's not really what's happening. Yeah, your worst um, week was only a little worse. You gave a, an average of 633 3 in one of the weeks. Yes. And that's the only one that's worse than this. Yeah, uh it's a 10 for TNG. They are going to be the uh loser, big loser of the week for Starship Mine. I mean, it wasn't about anything. That's not it doesn't work for our rubric. I think I Yeah, I think I like Starship Mine the best out of these three just watching it. Yeah, probably, but it sucked and it wasn't about anything. Yeah, it's gonna be an 18 for Voyager, uh, a bad, bad episode that frankly came way too close to winning. I mean, I had them tied. I had a 10 in the 10 here. Yeah. And uh, the Deep Space Nine episode where Cisco shatters an ancient artifact and releases a <laughs> demon that inhabits Jake so he can have a soul fight with Kira <laughs> wins the week. So that is Deep Space Nine's 52nd win. They're back to right. within six of TNG. Mm-hmm. It's I'd like to say they're starting they are to a look a lot better for them. Yeah, knowing what's happening in season seven, but again, this paw rate shit ain't going away. No, they're gonna have bad paw wraith episodes. It's just gonna depend on what they match up against. Um, we know there's lots of bad TNGs, so they they got a shot, man. It's it down six is not where you want to be with this many weeks remaining, but they got a shot. Yeah, next week, week one forty four. Which, by the way, if you're listening in real time, might be a little bit I'm going on vacation. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, oh, yeah, that is coming up, huh? (laughs) It's coming up. It's less than two weeks from now. Oh, no. Um, That is it. Oh, no. We're done until March. Yeah, we'll be back in March. Uh, Next week, we will discuss lessons. Picard gets a girlfriend after all these years. and um, It doesn't go well, but probably not in a way that's relatable. I'm going to expect that it's pretty clearly about something that isn't going to earn a lot of points. Yeah. That's my that's my uh, my big prediction. Uh, it's the loneliness of command plus how cool is improvisation. <laughs> Musical improvisation. Hey, we're playing. This is like a whole new song we're playing. Uh, for Deep Space Nine, we're watching Valiant. Right, that's 100% about something. It is just, is the episode going to be so cringy? That we can't all Are take it. there Cinesyrians in it? Uh, yeah, no, definitely. <clears throat> no dude, there's a big there's a big Geminar battleship that they gotta take out because they're Red Squad. Red Squad. Red Squad. Red Squad. Oh, also Jake and Nog are gonna be there. Jake and Nog are gonna get to um, learn about what is uh glory <laughs> and what is being a dang old idiot. Well the episode is called Valiant. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, and we're saying goodbye to Voyager Season 6 next week with Unimatrix Zero Part 1. I mean, I don't expect that to be any good, but thank God we're we're closing the book on Season 6 of one of the shows. You know, the first parts of two-parters usually outscore the second parts. So. Oh, is that true? I hadn't done the, I'd done the research uh, on I mean, how much the it two-parters score together. together. It was true for Birthright. Oh no, Birthright Part 2 scored 22 as opposed to 21. That almost Pretty shouldn't close. be considered. Uh, chains of Command, yeah, tw- Oh, Chains of Part 2 no, was chain way better. Chains of Command better. Part 2 works a 40. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I, hadn't, I have not done the, the research on this, but I will say uh Time Zero did outscore Time Zero, too, for sure. <laughs> uh, same for Equinox. Uh, yeah, Equinox Part 2 was pretty bad. I do remember that. I like how uh, you had to, Unification to put the quotes on he... 1159 so it doesn't do something stupid redemption dead heat Forty on both sides of redemption that was a good one huh yeah in a mirror darkly part one beat part two so maybe it used to be true but it isn't true anymore we'll see yeah <clears throat> we'll find out that's what we're uh, watching in, for we'll week one Find out in march sometime <laughs> <laughs> uh all right yeah so it's gonna be a while we're gonna be off for a while and um i i don't know if we're headed towards 2026 I hope it's not that drastic. I mean, we've done we've done one hundred and forty three of one hundred and seventy six weeks. We, we low. we can get through this. Maybe when it drops down to two, we knock out four. Oh man! In a week, just to like, just to nut up and just get this thing fucking done. And then maybe when it drops to one, we do those last three all together. That feels like it really hurts Deep Space Nine's chances of getting a win, unless we just we do two weeks in one episode, but they still get scored and graded individually against each oh, other. Oh, no, that's what I... I so we'd still okay. do it one versus one, but we cover two weeks worth. Yeah, that'll save us, what, two episodes? Yeah, and then we do the last three TNGs all in one go, which is four episodes worth, because All Good Things is long. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think of my great plan to avoid uh, I'm 2026? I'm fine with it. Let's see if we remember <laughs> it when we get there. Yeah, yeah, As always, I don't remember anything uh, at all. So Other upcoming highlights, we have The Chase coming up pretty soon. That one might not yeah. be that bad. Profit and Lace feels like it could be a disaster. Look, we've talked about The Chase. If that is not a 10 in world building, then I don't... That's like, uh, in my head, that got, has been the example. It's got implications, for sure. Yeah, because it s- explains so many things about some specific stupidity of star trek but right after that is frame of mind so (laughs) which i I mean i am going to enjoy watching it very much whether i give it a single fucking point uh but tides you've seen times orphan is that week that's a keiko yeah that's a week that imperfection might win whatever that is (laughs) it's true yeah uh suspicions (coughs) could be something rightful air we know that's uh that's jitrell right yeah, second chances, too many Rikers. Oh no, rightful we'll no, rightful air is uh, fake Kalos. Oh. That's gonna be something. Fake Kalos, yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Part yeah, of yeah. the ruining of Wharf. <laughs> yes. But the glorification of Galron. That's uh that's pros and cons there. Alright. Um Unless you got anything else to add, I'm gonna listen to no, t- the take special a shit. sign off. Yeah, as you believe, so shall you do, so shall you do, as you believe, as you believe so, shall so shall you, you do. do. Pelt or joy. Jelajnish. No, it's either that or because the thing wants to fuck with Cisco. but like, <laughs> d- it could be. He's sneaky tall. It like, that guy's pretty tall. Yeah. Hey, have you guys seen that guy, uh, Jaglom Shrek, around here? <laughs> he's, no, he's, who's that the that guy's next tall. tallest guy? <laughs>